Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 292, recorded on August 13th, 2020. On tonight's episode, Epic needs a timeout. Go sit in the corner. Game announcements and Fall Guys for the Switch? Maybe. Jesse, you know what to do. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Marty here, and this is episode 292. You're listening to Nintendo Dads. And tonight on this show, it is August the 13th, 2020, and yep, still a pandemic. Still? Kind of getting tired of this crap. Just being honest. What mountain do we have to climb, and which wizard do we have to talk to in order to get this uh, plague gone away? As long as it's not IGN's wizard, he's a jerk. The, The great Tony of Fauci will tell us how to be rid of this plague. Uh, it involves uh, facial armor. <laughs> as well as... Uh, Does it have a potions, plus three to disease resistance? As well as potions that we uh, must uh, invent and administer ourselves. That's all I got, folks. Uh, on Joining me on the show tonight, uh, all the way from Kansas City, one heck of a guy... Jesse Waldack, how you doing? Comedy can be hard when you're doing it on the fly. Of course, that's if I had to think ahead and plan my jokes, they don't work. My, most of my jokes are just off the top of my head. Comedy on the fly is like my life. It just happens. <laughs> it's like a comedy of errors. But yep. Good to see you. It's good that you're doing well. Uh, also joining us on the show tonight, Mr. Timothy Off. How you doing? I am doing fantastic, as always, because I get to be on the Nintendo Dad show and talk to you guys. And no matter how my week was going, this always helps boost that, that you know, my week. So happy to be here, guys. Happy to be hang out with you guys. Yeah. Yay. How you doing, Martin? Marty? Uh, I'm g- great. I have started my NES Lego build about, uh, well, I guess I'm, I would say I'm halfway through, but I'm not really. Um, because I finished the, the actual console and game pack and controller, but then there's like 13 other bags laying on my kitchen <laughs> table right now. So I'm not complaining about that, but, uh, it's yeah, been, it's been a blast. We so were far. talking the pre-show. You're talking about some other build that had uh, tank treads or something. And then com- compared it to the, you know, the, the scroller in the TV, that's probably going to be a bag or two. Yeah, oh. Yeah, like I said, if it's anything like that Lego sand crawler I built, I'll be working on the actual roller for days. Uh, just leave it. Just be like, I can't I can't handle it anymore. But you know what I can handle? I can handle all the news that we have tonight as well as uh, our patrons and Twitter followers and fans' questions and comments from all over the internet tonight. So let's dive right in, shall we? And our news is brought to us as it is every week by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where you can go in and join up on the greatest community on the internet for just $1 a month. Just a dollar, guys. Like, skip that dollar drink at Sonic or 
McDonald's in the morning. <laughs> Skip that coffee. Yes, and uh, give it to us because <laughs> we need it to do things like uh, the thing we're doing right now. Tim, why don't you tell people right now? You don't have to be a patron to be a part of this. Uh, what are we giving away right now? Well, I'm kind of disappointed I can't participate in this to try to win it, but we are giving away <laughs> a Lego NES build uh, set. So it is pretty epic. Basically, it's just you go follow us on, on Twitter or Facebook and you can see we have our contest rolling there and you just do the, what it requires. Get your uh, your things in and and hopefully win it. <laughs> win we, your NES Lego set. We, we have a tiny URL code. Uh, link set up so you can you don't have to find us in the other places you can uh, tinyurl.com slash nd dash nes dash lego say that one more time nd hyphen nes hyphen lego no spaces all lowercase yes and again I'm uh, yeah and <laughs> so here's the deal we're this contest is going on for one more week uh, and we will be drawing that name. Yep. We'll be announcing the winner on next week's show at the very end. Yes. At the very end. That means you have to listen all the way through the show. And we'll know. We'll know if you've listened because we're going to do it at some <laughs> weird off time that you're not going to know. So you'll have to. It's going to do it in the middle of us talking about the games right. we're playing or something. Yeah. Right. And once uh, you know, that's when Justin said he would be back, right? Of course, he'd be back to, to talk. Sure, about I mean he's going to swoop in at the end and take the glory. Well, <laughs> that's what not, it is. Not sure we'll be able to announce it next week because I just looked at it and it still says eight days left. So we're recording in seven. So we'll, we'll so figure we something out. Well, you know, you know what that's you know what that means, don't you? It means that Justin's going to make a video where he announces the winner. Oh, uh, look at that! Maybe, nice maybe job, he, Justin. Maybe he did that on purpose. Yeah. I don't think so, because he didn't know how to run the Gleamio contest. So uh, I, I don't know if he knew even knew how to start it. So uh, on that note, let's start. Uh, he just agreed with about you. Our, huh? Sorry. He, he did just he, agree with me? agree with you, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so, folks, you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads uh, and join up today. And if you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show next week. We do that every time somebody joins in. So, Tim... Let's dive right into the news. Uh, tell us about what's going on. Man, Epic Games blew up the internet today uh, and may have blown up Fortnite in the process. Tell us what's going on. So the I'm just learning about this as well, too, because it was like first I got the email that said Epic. I got the email from Epic that said, hey, we're you know doing these awesome prices for V-Bucks and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, cool. So it must be you know close to the end of the season. So they're trying to get... People, you know, discounted prices and all that kind of stuff. And then Jesse was like reminding me that, oh, did you see that stuff about Apple App Store and Google Store kicking out uh, Fortnite? Yeah. Well, um, before we go there, basically, you know, they, they lowered the price for V-Bucks about 20% across all platforms. In the mobile versions, the iOS and Android versions, they, they gave two options to purchase them. You know, the original price where the purchase goes through the App Store, 
where the, where Apple, Apple and Google take a 30% hit. And I'm sure the other stores take some sort of hit too. I just don't know what that percentage percent is, you know, or the discounted rate and you paid, um, Epic directly, which is against the terms of and conditions of the developer agreement in both platforms. So they've been delisted on both platforms. Yeah. Uh, and, and Epic is now it. suing them. So this will be interesting to see how this turns out. But, but, yeah. And you, you got to wonder what's going on with Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft in this too, because they also get that nice little kickback from you buying V-Bucks through uh, their online store as well. Not just Apple and not just Google. So, right. so it sounds, I, I, you know, I don't have the game. I don't know what it looks like, but I don't know if you pay Epic directly on the other systems or if it still goes to the app store. You don't. You, you, you actually have to go through their store interface. Everything's got to go through Epic now. Okay. Yes. Well, no, I mean, it, it, now it does everything. Right. I, I'll say I mean. this. I don't buy anything today. I've not, I've not tried it out. I've not seen how it works, but I know that when I've launched it on my Switch or I bought V-Bucks on PS4 before, it does go through their individual stores. Like if you, if you are in Fortnite. Oh, so it, it always has? Yeah. If you yeah. go into Fortnite. Okay. And so then there's no buy, real. You, you, you go in the game to buy V-Bucks. It opens up the eShop after you mm-hmm. click buy right. V-Bucks. Right. So, so now what they want you to do is, is what they're trying to do is they're trying to cut that out. So they get all of the money. Right. Whereas these companies before were getting a 30% uh, take. From this, and that's according to our good friend Jeff Grubbs, who was on the show not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, that that's probably in the end is why Apple and Google are upset. It's not just the terms of service; it's they're losing thirty percent of every V bucks sale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, which I, which now makes sense for. But email let me let got. me also say this: I don't think this was a sudden move, and neither do. Other people. Oh, of course not. Because not only did they do this today, but then Epic posted this really slickly animated uh, response to being delisted, which was basically a huge ape on the old Apple 1984 commercial where there's a talking tomato head on the screen and which, the guy comes in and throws the, the, the like pickaxe at the which screen. Which means they knew they'd be delisted for doing this. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely yeah. knew that they'd be delisted. Uh, I don't know that they thought it would be so fast, but <laughs> my, my question to you is this is, uh, and I think this is a lot of people's questions. What happens now? I don't know, but it, it may. I don't know what the player base is on mobile versus other systems. It might be so small that they're okay with cutting it off, and they're just making it look like it's not their idea. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know that it's it's going to be one of those things, Jesse, where um, where we're, we're able to say that mobile is a small base. I mean, Fortnite is was at one time. I'm not sure if it is right now. I can go check. Because I'm sitting here on my iPad, it was the number one free game on the App Store for Apple. 
Uh, and well, of course, you won't find it now because it's been delisted. Right. Because so, you know, th- th- this is also and uh, thanks Ibisil for you know reminding us. But this is on, on the heels of Apple not allowing XCloud, and uh, I think was it was, was another streaming service that they weren't allowing. Yeah, um, and that's after uh, I know that a couple of people in our Discord had the test flight version of xCloud on their iPhones. And now it's all of a sudden it's, it's gone. You know, I, personally, I like, I look at this and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way from the outside, but I'm not looking at, at, at the fact that Epic's wrong here. I, I feel like this is a huge mistake on Apple and Google's part. No, I, I, actually agree with some people's view on it saying unless i'm mistaken but that epic did break a rule and you know there's policies that apple and google had in place and epic broke it so when you break it you are but but that's how you get the rules changed by breaking the rule and to you know talk your way into making it make sense um you know they're people they're you know claiming apple has a monopoly not technically true, but they set the precedent and the rules originally that everyone else has copied. Yeah. So that's why Apple. the whole industries all look the same because they're copying Apple. I, I believe the phrase that people are looking for there is is not monopoly, but it's the phrase that those outside the Apple ecosystem have used for a while as an insult, and that is walled garden. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Apple, Apple runs a, a very tidy walled garden. That's and if you're little, willing to... A little different though but if you're willing to fit inside the walls if you're willing to play inside the and do what you have to do to fit inside the walls then you're fine yeah i think that's more for the end user being in their ecosystem to have the macintosh the iphones the apple tvs the smart speakers whatever the hell they're called you know i'm not that i don't have every product but i've got a few yeah but again you know and i haven't developed developed anything for them for over 10 years but yeah again you know but me just as a single individual have no fight in the game because it's me versus apple but epic's not small yeah they're they're probably the only company who can probably put up this fight can you imagine um what happens if nintendo and sony and microsoft delist fortnite gonna be interesting (laughs) Can you imagine if the only way that you can download and play Fortnite is on the Epic Game Store? And not not now who has the monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the thing is is that you can look at it that one of two ways, either Apple and everyone else is in the wrong or this is Epic uh revealing a crack in the armor and it's it's kind of uh like maybe the first sign that maybe Fortnite's not doing as well as it used to. That's what I Is thought they, originally, but then this whole thing with you know fighting against the the uh, the, the the fees is kind of came up, and yeah, I can, I, I, I'm not sure what to think. It can go either way. Yeah, Epic has been doing some things that have been new and uh, to for us, you know, like when they switch seasons or, or chapters, you know, that was all new marketing that just blew people's minds. So. 
who knows what they're trying to do now and what will happen from this. And it'll be very, it's very interesting to watch from the outside in. Yeah. And I mean, I know this is not like just exclusively Nintendo news, but I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how the big end responds. So, so doing a little math, you know, if the V bucks that are normal, that used to be nine ninety nine, you know, after Apple and Google take the 30% cut, they get six ninety nine for every sale. With the new pricing, the same number of V bucks now cost seven ninety nine directly to that to Epic. So for Epic makes an extra dollar in the deal for every purchase, at least of this line item. I don't know what the, what, what the other line items look like if there are other line items, but you know, generally there are. Yeah, it's interesting. Like even even Nintendo mobile games will say. You can pay up to $75 to get 7 billion tokens right. if you really, really want to. But who yeah. really wants to? Well, yeah. And the bottom line that we learned from this, right, guys, is no one wants anybody to screw with their money. Yeah. And if it is to make that point, too, it's uh, they made their point. Now let's see what happens from that. If something does get fixed or something is negotiated... You know, we'll see. It'd be interesting to see what happens. My okay, so let's go around the horn here. Predictions, uh, Tim. Yes or no? Fortnite is back on the App Store next Thursday when we record. Yes. Jesse, yes or no? Probably. Yeah. The yeah. We'll we'll, we'll find out next week if we're right. Yeah, I would be surprised if it's not by the weekend. <laughs> and, and this, uh, yeah. and this is just the ability for people to download it. You know, new if they already had it, they still have it. They didn't rip it off of machines, did they? Sure. Uh, don't Let me look so. at my phone. No, it, it, they took it. They took it. They delisted they have, from the app store. Huh? It's been delisted from the store, right? But I don't that think just it's means been taking off phones, right? Because I know Apple. I know Apple at least has the ability to uninstall apps if they deem it necessary. I don't know if they've List. they would it's do that here. Not off my phone. I'm sure you can still play it. I mean, I'm it sure says, it's. I got an authentication error. No, oh. let me authenticate. Uh oh, we're unable to log you in. Go back and try again. Uh oh. So they are okay. So you they, they they didn't take the apps away, but they're still blocking access. Google may have shut it down completely. So uh, I'm, it's allowing me to try to log in again. So I'll do that. Be interesting. But you guys can continue. I'll let you know. No, no. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think it's. I think this is super interesting. I think it'll be it'll be crazy to watch it play out uh, in real and, time. And then, as, as Abel says, Abel says, with it delisted, it can't be updated. So whenever that is a, exactly what I was about to say. Whenever so that that could have happened, they probably updated the server, but the client's now out of date, and that's why you can't log in. <laughs> so it's optimizing. I got in; it's optimizing now. So it was just a matter of just okay. in. So, so you can still play it. All right. So uh, just uh, hold off. Hopefully, they won't push another content update before this is resolved, and you be uh, you know behind and not be able to play online. Well, be- I do have. I do have a Samsung phone, and they had a thing going with Samsung too. So I don't know if that does makes a difference. I, I, I ultimately, I don't think that that matters because it's still running Android, and that, which is owned yeah. by Google. 
Well, Samsung has their own phone, uh, phone shop too. So. Oh, do they? Yeah, Samsung has their own shop that I can download. Android phone ecosystem is so confusing to me. It's ugh. why and, pe- and, and people complain that apples are so simple. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, here's your two. Here's your two shops, and here's all the overlaid crap that you have to get through. You know, you can't just have a vanilla experience. And oh, and by the way, we're going to stamp a big AT and T symbol on the back of your phone. Yeah. When you I haven't it. used Android since the Galaxy S. AT&T. Like the original, you know, or Verizon. Yeah, I don't know. But but let me ask you this: What when you boot your phone up, does it have like a little carrier splash screen that pops up? Oh yeah, they all do. Yeah, not uh, not Apple. They have an Apple. Okay, they have an Apple. That's it. It's great. Uh, let's actually talk about our our most voted topics of the week, okay? Because this topic we're talking about got zero votes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Paper Mario: The Origami King is has been out and it's been uh, it's been a fantastic game for lots of people. For others, it's been very divisive. One of the uh, things that uh, has divided people so much over this game uh, is the battle system. Uh, that it's not a traditional turn based RPG back and forth with experience points, different things like that. This week, the Origami King devs said in an interview that they feel uh, or they believe strongly. In changing the battle system with every release, that they want to try a new battle system every time Paper Mario comes out, which, let's be honest, uh, over the last few years has been once per console cycle uh, for home consoles. Uh, for mobile, they got the they got Paper Jam, but they don't get they don't get Paper Mario, right? Or was that st- was Sticker Star Paper so, Mario? Sticker Star was Paper Mario. Okay, so it was the first time that, like, Paper Mario was on the 3DS. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. And the only time. So probably looking at one. So uh, yeah, that was, that was the only Paper Mario-specific game. The, the okay. Paper Jam so, was a hybrid between so, Mar- so by Mario the time, and Luigi and Paper, Paper Mario. By, by the time we get to Switch Pro or Switch 2 or Twitch or Glitch or whatever it's going to be called next, you <laughs> know. Uh, no glitch. That's probably not the best name. Nintendo don't, glitch. Don't, that's don't, that's don't steal, you heard it here first. That. Trademark that uh, Marky, Marty. Uh, there you go. If they use it, I'm suing. Uh, we'll, we'll get another battle system. So up until now, let's, let's kind of go back and let's take a look at what we've gotten. There's been the traditional RPG turn-based back and forth, uh, experience points based fighting that uh, we've seen uh, in Paper Mario when it first came out. And I think Thousand Year Door had the same battle system. Am I correct? Uh, it's been a while. It's it, been a long time since I played that. There was some tweaks, but more or less it was the same. Okay. Super it's been Paper a while Mario, since I played that those games, so I don't 100% remember. But Super Paper Mario on the Wii had the, I mean, it was all action-oriented. Yeah, nothing was turn-based there. Yeah, it was, it was almost platforming. Uh, yeah. And then... We've had the card-based gameplay in, in Sticker Star and Color Splash. And then now the rotating Origami Battlefield in Origami King. So my question, and I think maybe this is why this post got a little, you know, all the votes or whatever, I don't know, is uh, the question simply was, is this smart or stupid? Maybe this is a new segment we're going to start here on Nintendo Dads. Smart or stupid? Uh, and so, let, 
first first blush. Do, do, do we need that Justin face for the stupid one from we yes, from please, two weeks ago? Please, either that or Sid. <laughs> the, can we can we put his face on Sid the Sloth's body from Ice Age? Uh, I think that would be a good fit. Uh, Hi, Justin. Know. I'm just saying that because he's probably watching. Um, which, <laughs> by the way, quick aside here, Justin's not here tonight because he was on a, on a camping trip with his family, uh, and his daughter fell off her bike, and they're at the hospital getting x-rays right now. And so, Justin, best of luck with uh, your daughter. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, just wanted you guys to know what was going on so you could just kind of keep him in mind tonight. Um Hope everything's okay. We'll try to update you if we get an update. But uh, just quick around the horn, then we'll come back for a little more in depth. Tim, change the battle system every game. Smart or stupid? Smart gives it nice yeah. and fresh because they could uh, they could come back and just do a uh, it, they could do a sequel if it's really popular if they wanted. They could do a, a Origami King two or whatever they want to call it and still use the same system. And then the next Paper Mario is a whole different thing. Could be okay. a different system. Uh, Jesse, smart or stupid? I am actually torn. Uh, here's why. Final Fantasy versus Dragon Quest. Okay. Final Fantasy changes things up every game. And it eventually gets evolved into the whatever the hell 15 is that I, I rage quit. Not during, Final Fantasy. It's Monster during, Hunter. Yeah, that I rage quit during the tutorial. I'm sure you know other people love it. Not me. Dragon Quest... What is essentially unchanged. You know, the, the, the base battle system itself has never changed. It adds new abilities, new spells in the story, and sometimes, you know, new other things that change. But the underlying, like the actual battle system hasn't changed. And, you know, I, I still play Dragon Quest games as, you know, the, that's like the running gag on this show. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it's, it's divisive. And, you know, some people, don't want to play the same game every time, and I understand that. But some people want, you know, this formula works. Don't break it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm on the fence. I I'm going to have to go with smart as well, and the reason why is because the the idea that they could stick like that that Paper Mario could be stuck on card style <laughs> combat forever is horrifying. You know, like the 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 color splash sticker star area uh, era of you can run out of attacks, awful. That was stupid. Should never you should never create a game where your character cannot do anything because oops, you ran out of you ran out of stomp cards, you ran out of hammer cards. That or was, or Kamek turns around and takes your best cards out of your deck and turns them upside down so you can't see what you're looking at. Thanks for reminding me about that, that the incredibly that, that, frustrating Kamek that, fight. That's when I rage quit that game. Yeah, not, <laughs> not good. Or uh, let's make sticker, uh, let's make shiny versions of enemies that are extra tough. And oh, by the way, you're going to run into a fight every five seconds. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing uh, Paper Jam. Not that Jesse and I are bitter or anything, uh, but yeah. Again, the rest, the rest yeah. of these Mario and Luigi games I beat. But I didn't beat Paper Jam Here, because there was a shiny boss in there that just trounced me. Here's the thing about, about Paper Mario. I think that this game works as well as it does, and it's lasted as long as, it's, as, it, as it has had, or it has. I don't even know what I'm saying now. It's lasted the, as long as it has because <laughs> uh, it's 
it takes something that you're familiar with, like Mario, and it puts it in a medium that can do all kinds of different things that a 2D sprite or a 3D character can't do. You, you know, paper forces you to be uh, creative, right? And I think that these games excel best when they're using, and this may be blasphemous here, they're, when they're not using Mario mechanics, but when they're using paper mechanics, right? When, mm-hmm. when they're forcing that familiar thing to behave and perform in a different way. Uh, and that's where the joy and the delight comes in like from it, right? Like allowing Mario to fold into a paper airplane to glide long distances. Yes, yes exactly. So uh, that all being said, I, I think that I'm fine with the battle system changing, but I would rather it be more focused on uh, on paper, like using the environment, you know, or findings or, or, or coming back to the theme. One of the things that I found that was, especially in Color Splash, that really took me out of the game was the inclusion of real life objects for thing some stickers. reason. Well, yeah, thing stickers like here's a big fan to blow away paper enemies. Yeah. I mean, it's funny the first time, but then like there's no explanation for why it exists. There's no explanation for. And then that. And again, that's Idiot. fun. That, in general, that's kind of a cute idea. But when that becomes the gimmick of the boss fights, and if you don't have the yes. right sticker, you are screwed. Mm-hmm. And of course, you yeah, don't have room boss- to store all of them. So you have to know oh, what no, the hell's no, going no. on. You have to guess every time. Right. right. Uh, and, and so I really appreciated Origami's King, Origami King's uh, way of turning. The, the turn-based battles on their head, like with the with the rings, right? I know a lot of people don't like the rings, and that's okay. Yeah. In general, like I was okay with them. They got frustrating in the end. But I'll but tell you where... I don't wish they weren't there. I'll tell you where I had the most fun with the rings, where I went, oh, this is amazing, right? Is, and is it... Like, this game's been out almost a month now. Are we... Are we at... Like spoiler territory. Yes. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I mean, is it okay for me to talk about things that maybe uh, are like fifteen hours into the game? If it's yeah, I'd say that's fine. That's still less than okay. half. So if you yeah, if you've if you haven't gotten to the last ribbon, then stop listening or fast forward. Okay. Um, Tim <laughs> took the headphones off. He did. Uh, there's an enemy that you encounter in the last area, uh, which are these giant cutout paper enemies. And there's like this, it's kind of almost like a horror element in this part of the game in Bowser's Castle, because it's like the, the, the League of Stationary member that you're fighting is like, has literally cut these forms out, you know, and they're like, they almost look like Endermen from Minecraft. And then there's the paper dolls that come out. And Jesse, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're wrapped all the way around the ring. And you have to find a way to get them all to compress so that you can fight them and then line them up as well. And that's when I went like with I already liked the the ring system and it did get tedious, I will give you that. But that I thought that was like one of the coolest 
uses of that, right? Uh, I felt yeah. like that was it was really unique. Uh, I think there was I like there was like that. three arrangements with the paper dolls, and I only could ever yeah. figure out one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the some of them you had to spin them all the way around and like let it like bunch them up, then let them unfurl, then bunch them up, then yeah. let them unfurl, and then it would get. Yeah, it was. I saw the was, solution uh, after paying the toads, but I couldn't have figured mm-hmm. that one out. Yeah, and paying the toads was fun too. Uh, hey Tim, you can come on back. You can come on back now. Uh, okay. Hi Tim. Tim. Tim's playing. You're, you're playing Paper Mario uh, right now. You're playing Origami King. I know you haven't gotten too far into it. Uh, do you like the battle system change for this game? I only got as far as be, uh, finishing the red ribbon. I didn't move on to the next ribbon just yet. Okay. I've been playing other things. Uh, well, let but, me let me ask this a different way then, since you're not too far into it. Would a different battle system increase your enjoyment of the game? Would a different battle system system increase the increase it? Um, I can't say that right now because right now okay. I'm I'm enjoying the. I'm learning the battle system. So the, the rings, um, what I don't like about the rings and I don't like this about any game that does this is the time, the timer. I hate timers. I like time to be able to think, let me, you know, um, there's certain games that it yeah. fits. The, the timer, timer is more annoying well, early on than yes. later because later they give you more time. Okay. It's super annoying right now. I, and I hate that kind of thing, right? In any game where it makes you, oh, oh, I gotta hurry. And I, especially at the beginning of a game, geez, I'm still trying to learn the whole thing. And, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta hurry up and do this. And it adds stress to the game for yeah. me, at least. <laughs> so we can always just pay the toad, like what I've been playing. Pay the toads so more coins and they'll give you more time. Yeah, I've been doing that. And it's been helpful. So it's still, I never really stressed out in like main game fights, like, you know, like regular enemies, but boss fights, timer stressed me out. I, I, I I fully will agree with you on boss fights should have not had a timer, especially because every boss fight and every valumental fight had you doing something different. Like it was changing the way that you use the rings. So I, I, I will definitely agree with you on that. I do have to say though, the, I don't remember which one of you guys said it. I think it was Jesse who said, uh, take a picture and then look at your album of the boss fight. Oh, so yeah, it, it was, uh, that's very handy. They came in Especially handy. Especially that time. last valumental, Tim, when you get okay. there. Uh, the last one, you'll, you'll definitely need it. I've, uh, been, Jesse, I've been using that. Let me, let me ask you the same question. Would a, would a different, uh, battle system have made the game more enjoyable to you? Uh, it depends on what they do. Uh, again, again, I, I, I liked the battle system. Near the end, it just got grind, uh, not grindy, but just grading. That's the word I want. It's just, I, I was just tired of it at the end. Yeah. Of course, that's prop, that's kind of the same with most games that have I was a say, slightly do you, unique. Do you, do you feel that same way at the end of a Dragon Quest game? <laughs> or do you that, just really, really love Dragon Quest? Well, again, the Dragon Quest battle system is the simplest you can drill down to. So, not really. In fact, you know, I'll talk later. I've been playing another Dragon Quest game. But uh. <laughs> well, I always found that like the closer I got to the end, like the final boss of a role playing game, the more I was like, "Why am I fighting another battle? Like, why? Like, you're about to go into this this incredibly taxing fight, and I, here I am 
you know, having to weave back and forth through this cave and fight enemies the entire time. It's it's a little because you know you're at the end, right? Like you know, it's like it's right there. Yeah, and then when right. you get a when you get a boss that goes two or three different forms, yeah, you know you're near the end. <laughs> right, you're right. Well, guys, we want to hear from you uh, over on our Twitter account. Uh, hit us up at Nintendo Dads and let us know: Is the decision to change Paper Mario or uh, Paper Mario's battle system with every release smart or stupid? Uh, we and tell us why. Um, you know, I think that uh, the series has to innovate. I know there's some people who still want Thousand Year Door two, three, four, five, and six, but uh, this you got to grow. And yeah, you may not. I'm like, it's like me. I'm, I I really didn't finish Color Splash because I hated the battle system so much. But I finished Paper Mario in seven days. I finished Origami King in seven days. So it's kind of hard to, you know, for me to say. It's stupid when changing the battle system sucked me back in, you know, it made me interested in it all over again. So, and it may, and that may, as you mentioned, because you like it. And when they come out with the next game and they change that, you might be at that point, you'd be like, Oh, that was yeah. stupid. Why'd they change it? I like the last system. So yeah. Subje- and- yeah. I think it's, it's maybe one of those subjective questions. Let's, uh, let's hop over and talk about our other uh, highest voted topic. And that is, We've got game announcements galore. There has been uh, a lot of activity lately about games that are coming uh, to the Switch that have actually been announced in the last week before uh, or uh, since we recorded last. Uh, and so let's run down some of these game announcements and talk about when they are coming out. Thank you for putting that in the doc, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, we just had names. But uh, Braid Anniversary Edition has been announced. This was like the very first one of the very first big indie games. I remember playing this on Xbox Live back in the day on my 360. Uh, this will be coming out uh, first quarter of 2021, if you're still interested in that. Um, it, I found it to be one of those games, like I really enjoyed the mechanic uh, of like being able to go back in time and everything, but like I reached a point in the game where it was just like, this is too hard. I can't finish this. Yeah, I didn't get far into it. I got maybe third level. I don't remember. I bought it for the Vita. and never got around to playing it. So I'm looking forward to getting, hopefully getting this one and being able to play it. We'll see. Why don't you just play it on your Vita? I don't have the Vita anymore. I oh. had to trade that in to get the Switch. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you got a Vita laying around, you might as well use it for something. True. But this Other is supposed to be remastered stop. too. So Oh, okay. So, so a little bit of... Well, redone. You know what game I really wish that they would release on Switch and it's never going to happen that also was somewhat around this time is Fez. Yeah, I started playing that too. And I loved Fez Vita, I think, on, the, so, yeah. on the 360. And uh, that's never happening because their characters, I mean, they're, uh, the creator of Fez is kind of like, yeah, I hate everybody. Yeah, he, he, he noped the industry. <laughs> yeah, well, he may have had a good reason for that. Uh, Tim's super excited about this one, uh, G.I. Nice. Joe Operation Blackout, which is a team-based third-person shooter, will release October 13th on multiple platforms, including Nintendo Switch. This is super cool looking. Yes. Uh, G.I. Joe is going through somewhat of a little revival lately with brand new uh, action figures on the shelves. 50 years. Is this the 50th year of G.I. Joe? 
50 years for a G.I. Joe as a brand. Wow. So going back, like, and and just so we're clear, that's going back to, like, the original, original 12-inch, like, foot-tall G.I. Joe that was just, like, Army, Marine. Yes. Other guy. Yeah, back 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 in the eighties when the like the cartoon had, and Wait. it had that popularity peak, I didn't I I when I found out that oh this this is a like reimagining of something that was done in the sixties and seventies I'm like dang and then yeah now we're still here twenty twenty talking about it if you have no, no uh, this is fifty years of the rich I think the three and a quarter because it's what nineteen eighty right I'm not fifty years old Tim. Well, I I know that, but because I was just looked at those there. came out when I was like four years old. So Duke, Cobra Commander, Zartan, Baroness. I'm not fifty. I think don't it's seventy five years for the uh, fold. Don't start brand. I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh yeah, sure I got okay. It right. Well, I'm not fifty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> this is I'm taking this personally. This is I, like me saying you're from Minnesota. I'll be the first one there. Just trust me. I'm I'm, I'm not looking forward to it either. So here, here's the deal. Like I, I had the, the, you know, the, the little scale GI Joes as a kid growing up and loved the, loved the cartoon, uh, until they got to the weird, like GI Joe movie where they went to Cobra law and everybody was a yeah, snake. That, and that's, that's yeah. when I stopped watching. <laughs> I will tell things you, things got though, weird. Uh, I, I have an undying love for all things Transformers, but I'm going to say this. The opening scene of the G.I. Joe movie where they're fighting around the, the Statue of Liberty and it has that, that like that iconic theme song, Cobra, Cobra, yes. <laughs> you know, and it's, and they're all like, it, they're all coming down. And there's, oh, it's, can I tell you what our country needs right now? I don't care what political party you're a part of. Our country needs G.I. Joe. You know, our country needs, if they would make a cartoon where G.I. Joe fought the physical embodiment of COVID-19. You want Sergeant Slaughter back? It would back? be the number one cartoon of all time. If the, if the villain was just a virus in like a metal suit, done. Dr. Mindbender was the one who created it. That's the problem, right? Yeah. And, and you know, you know who would be the perfect, you remember back in the day in G.I. Joe, Sergeant Slaughter was a big deal. You know, like, and he was a real guy, like he was a real wrestler. And I remember like in my Transformers comics, there was a way that you could send away uh, for uh, a, a refrigerator action figure, you know, the fridge, football player you fridge. could send away. And he had like, no, get this fridge came with a gun and a mace and the mace on the end of it was shaped like a football. Why did I not have this toy? I mean, but so, so here's the deal. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Cartoon G.I. Joe, who is a celebrity from this day and age that needs to be part of this? I've got two. I've got two. Ready? The first one, it's The Rock. All right? The Rock well, he was is, already in the movies. So well, yeah. I know. He was already – and he was roadblock. But get that out of here. Get that trash out of here. He's just The Rock. And that's what they call him, The Rock. They all have a code name. He's, a, he's The Rock. And maybe his thing is – is that he just throws rocks at people, and because he's really strong, they all die. I, I don't know. The second celebrity <laughs> that needs to be part of G.I. Joe, you ready for this? It's Kid Rock. All right? <laughs> Kid Rock. All right, so you've got Rock and Kid Rock. No, uh, 
It's Kid Rock. He's is that like patron- Flash guys, and Kid Flash? Guys, Kid Rock is the patron saint of America. All right? He is. He gets up there and he sings Woo! his ball with he sings his ball with the ball and all this stuff. You know, you leave your beer and moon pies out for him, you know, on the 4th of July and everybody gets fireworks. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Rock and Kid Rock. We have not talked any about this game. Tim, tell us about this game. I'm sorry. I just went on a big tirade about G.I. Joe. I, I get excited talking about the 80s. I do. Right, I know, right? So, I Wonderful mean, time. I'm excited about it because, again, I'm a big G.I. Joe fan. I can't remember every single detail, but I, as a kid, I had a lot of the toys, a lot of the comics, got into the cartoon, got into the movie when that came out, and just was over the moon with it when I was a kid. And I have a few of them that I kept held on to for a while now. In fact, I was showing off during the pre-show. One of the things that I got, and if you're watching, you can see the box I got here. This is a Snake Eyes special edition classified series toy that they just came out with. A uh, new toy line that I'm excited about because those are my favorite characters. So, But I'm definitely looking forward to this uh, game coming out for the Switch and the other systems, in fact, too. So. One of those yeah. things I might even double dip and get it for the Switch and the PlayStation. So <laughs> so Tim gets his game in October. I get my game in September with WWE 2K Battlegrounds. They, and they did a big trailer for that this week. It's still coming uh, and outlined that it's going to have Creator Wrestler. It's going to have online tournaments and online. Well, of, like, of all the podcasts I've listened to that talk about, you know, like that, that direct and then pit pinpointed the WWE game. You're the only one looking forward to this. Everyone else ridiculed it. I don't care. They're <laughs> they're not American. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to play the crap out of this game, and I'm going to make all of us, and we're going to have the Nintendo Dads SmackDown chat. I'm serious. It's happening. It's going to get streamed. And it's Nintendo gonna, Dads you know, versus the Mega Dads. You, do you remember that? You remember Mega Dads? They challenged us one time and they did this whole thing. What it would be yes. like if we were in a wrestling match together? Yes. It's happening. It's happening, and, boys. And I, I think that's where Eric came from, from that oh, conversation. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make you and we're going to make Eric. All right? Yeah. So he's the, he is the seventh Nintendo dad. <laughs> he I'm is the one to pick up this game, too. So. He is the one who watches the watchers. That's Eric. All right? All right. Yeah. So uh, also coming out this this going to make it what John too. <laughs> yes. That's, that's apparently yes. a thing. Adam posted some old comic. I don't know how when, how when he drew it in his in their Discord, but Wa uh, John is a character in this comic. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're definitely look, it's <laughs> happening. Uh also announced this week Ocean Horn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. This is coming out fall of this year apparently. So and this is a new date release for this. So Chances are it's probably close to being done. And it's not going to get affected by the COVID. So uh, did any of you guys play Oceanhorn? I've never heard of this series until this came out. It was one of those original games that came out for the Switch uh, during its launch time, launch window, I'll say. Yeah. Um, But I never got around to playing it. And I've heard good things about it. This was on Apple Arcade. So I played it a little bit there and it, man. It was okay. This one, though, looks like it's... It looked like it was trying to be like a Zelda Breath of the Wild type clone back then. Even the, have Breath some, of the Wild slash Wind Waker. I yeah, I was going to say even some Wind Waker elements. This looks like it's kind of 
going in maybe its own direction and adding to and who knows? Well, it looks we'll like see. they did a great job on the dungeons and stuff. So that's that's I know a lot of people love Zelda dungeons. So it looks like a good, cool. Yeah, game. I mean there were there were a lot of people people who liked Ocean Horn a lot yeah. when it first came out. So uh, definitely be one to look at and, and take a look for. Also coming out October 2020, Oddworld New and Tasty was announced this week. So another Oddworld game Third making World. its way yep. Third one. to the Switch. Uh, and some bad news that just broke as we record the show. Thank you, uh, Ebucel, for bringing this to our attention uh, Sports Story, which is the follow-up to Golf Story that a lot of our community really enjoyed, uh, was supposed to release mid-2020. It was announced earlier this year in an Indies Direct. Now has a release date of TBD on the eShop. And if you don't know what TBD means, that means to be determined. The the COVID got it, y'all. Yep. Yep. So... Sports story, maybe this year, maybe not. Maybe that'll come during an eventual direct if we ever get one. Probably not. Um, Who knows? Who knows? At this point, we uh, we don't know. Um, so that's some th- stuff coming up. You guys kind of keep your, your eye on that. Uh, hopefully some more games will be announced here. And like we talked about last week, Pikmin 3 Deluxe is on the horizon as well for October. So keep your eye on that uh, if you are a Pikmin fan. Um, no, I just thought of something for the to be determined thing for Sports Story. Okay. One possible way to look at it too is, especially if you're hopeful, is that Nintendo is going to do some sort of direct and it will be a, sh- a shadow drop. And that's why they switched it to two feature determined. That's possible, but usually, if game a game falls into into TBD, it's normally because they're in development hell. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. you know, I'm trying to get but some hope here. That's all. I have seen games. <laughs> I have seen games go from TBD to released out of the no, out of nowhere without a, a release date announced beforehand, but not many. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I want to throw this in here, guys. Uh, Justin provided us with an update uh, in the middle of this while we were talking about that, that uh, they're at the hospital and his daughter did break her arm. Oof. Broke a bone in her elbow. And so, hate to hear that. Uh, she's probably going to get a cast or a sling. Not cool. Not a cool way to start a family weekend. So, or a school year. Well, that's true too. Um, Going to be a good family story for that, a long yes. time. <laughs> that will be a great story. Uh, Back in my day, you, when we had the COVIDs, I broke my arm. Yep. Sometime I'll tell you guys uh, my uh, family story about how my aunt made fun of me for twenty years at Thanksgiving every year because I was sick on Thanksgiving one year when I was eight. Like it's your fault. Yeah, and uh, the year that I finally told her that I was tired of that crap and she didn't need to talk about it anymore. Well, uh, Thanksgiving, if you're, Thanksgiving if you're 28, you're, you know, you, you're old enough to say to speak up for yourself. Yeah, I was like, yeah, anyway. She's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's never going to listen to this. So she doesn't even know what a video game is. So it's okay. Uh, let's speaking of video games, let's talk about the hottest video game of 2020. You guys know what it is. I know what it is. It's Animal Crossing. 
This week, it was confirmed that Animal Crossing New Horizons, which we talked about last week, has sold 22 million copies. And I would not be surprised if by the this point, it's not sold about another million or, or getting close. You know, uh, 25 million is not going to be unheard of for this game in 2020. Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons is the most talked about game on Twitter. <laughs> Like a dragon started typing Clubhouse Gate. Oh, no, it's not Clubhouse Gate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sold a million. That's good enough. Uh, should have put in more card variants, and then you could have sold more games. Should have put no uh, limit hold'em, but okay. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not grouchy about that at all. I, hey, listen, there, you and I both know there's all kinds of games that could have been in Clubhouse games, and they're not. Like I didn't need three different kinds of mahjong one of which I don't even understand. And I also did not need that. The, the other game, the, the, the Shogi. What is yeah, that? That's, it's like ch- Japanese chess, essentially. Yeah. But then I tried to read the rules to it. It's mess. And when, yeah. you, when, when you like, have to, when it's like mandatory that you play through a tutorial before you can even start the game, you don't need to play that game. Sorry. Well, well, how many Americans know how to play shogi? Not many, but in Japan, it's as common as checkers is here. Well, you you know what? That's why all that's why they do better at school than Americans do. True. Well, that's why they call teach, it worldwide games. It's not. There you go. We t- they teach they teach their kids that. We teach our kids how to use Facebook. No, they figure this out on their own. <laughs> They're over there teaching them advanced shogi. And we're like, hey, kid, here's a smartphone. Get out of my face. <laughs> Pretty much. Just saying. Oh, download those games in the App Store. But not Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Animal Crossing, most talked about game on Twitter in 2020. Uh, does this surprise you guys at all? No, it's, you know, definitely the best Nintendo game sold for the year, if not the industry. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it's now uh, the number two top-selling game of all time in Japan. Right. It, it, it passed Gen 2 Pokemon. Yeah. What is the number one? Gen 1 Pokemon. Gen 1 Pokemon. So we're, but still, we're coming that, for you. That's four SKUs uh, added together. And this is yeah, one, and this versus, is one game. Versus one game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so here's in, my question. In, in comparison, I looked up, say, Grand Theft Auto V for the PS4. Figured okay. that one of the huge exclusive for the PS4. Well, not it's not exclusive. It's on other systems, but well, that's true. PS that's true. PS4 Sorry. is the best selling console of this generation. So I figured it would have the best single skew sales, uh, less than twenty million. Wow. So yeah, if you add all the skews together for all the consoles, it's probably it's the best game selling game of this decade. But uh, well, outside of Minecraft, maybe. But <laughs> how many versions of Minecraft have you bought? I I've mean, only that's, bought, that's the question. Well, uh, I've only bought, but uh, in my family, bought two copies of Minecraft and three copies of Grand Theft Auto Five. So I had to, we've we've got Minecraft on our Mac, on our PlayStation, on our Switch, on the Wii U. 
I had to talk my son, and on mobile, on iPad, had to talk my son out of buying it on 3DS. Oh, that's right. Uh, my, my, my kids do have it on the console, so we probably own it five or six times, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, here's my question, you guys. What? Like, here's it's a two-part question. All right, here, here's part one. If no, if we had not experienced coronavirus, would this be the most talked about game on Twitter in 2020? And number two, outside of coronavirus, why do you think this game has been the most talked about game of 2020? I think it still has had a potential because I, I, I don't think it would have sold as well if it didn't come out exactly when it did. But it wouldn't have sold bad. It, it, I, I think it would still be top 10, just not top two. <laughs> Though, yeah, I agree. I, I think it would have been top 10 and it would have been a top seller because of all those systems that were already sold. I don't think it would have sold as many new systems as it did with coronavirus, though. Um, would have still sold some because there's still those players who would have bought Animal Crossing and a system just for that game, but not as many as we saw because everybody was locked down and had to do something. So that COVID was a big deal. COVID was a big deal for this game. It was just luck or coincidence, whatever you want to call it, that worked out for Nintendo for this. And it's going to be one of those things that are talked about for years. Uh, it's going to be part of arguments. Like people are going to say Animal Crossing, best selling game of all time at some point, And they'll be like, you got to add an asterisk to that because of COVID, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's so, still, that's still a fact, COVID or not. Yeah. So right. I don't see the need for an asterisk. Is it maybe do you think a footnote maybe, but not a you know right. not a you know, you not you know what I mean. It it is what it is. It sold at the time when it got it. Nintendo got it out at the right time. It, it very close to in fact, you know, because the GameStop even stayed open long enough to be able to get that out their doors right. and then shut yeah. down. Pe- pe- yeah. People were wanting the game to be released a week early because that's when shutdowns started happening. Yes. People wanted it. I even said, I was like, it'd be nice if Nintendo released it early. But uh, yeah, I think it does. I don't think it matters at this point. It's, it is what it is. It came out what it did and it blew up. Great on Nintendo. If it happened to Sony, it happened to Microsoft. If it happened to a mobile game, it would just be the same thing. So it would just be like, Great on them. Then you know you just, you, you just get pandemic delisted in China. That's all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that uh, to answer the first question for me, would it have been the same without the the pandemic? I think that we would have seen it sell, but not sell as quickly. I think that right. it may have eventually reached this height, but you got to remember that there was a. Um, there, there was a group of people that were waiting for a home console version of Animal Crossing that had been waited, that had been excluded for an entire console generation. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking up when the la- right. when the Wii version was released. That's that's I think that's why we're saying it would still be a top ten. And well, then, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think top ten, but like for it to be almost the number one selling game on the Switch mm-hmm. in such a short period of time. 
absolutely has to be due to the coronavirus. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from Animal Crossing. I'm saying that I think it would have reached that point eventually. It would have reached mm-hmm. what, you know, but for it to have the incredible momentum that it did at the beginning uh, in yes. such a short time is because it was the absolute calm in the middle of the storm. Right. I agree. And I think that it was what we're seeing with Animal Crossing is a, a literal uh, a real life example of the cartoon snowball rolling down the hill and accumulating <laughs> more snow as it goes and getting yeah. faster and faster and heavier and heavier. Right. And eventually it runs over Wiley e. Coyote and you go on to the next scene. Okay. Yes. So have- you've got this you got this this momentum that was already there because hey, it's a brand new Animal Crossing. It's it's on it's on a home console. I can play it at home. They're releasing a brand new console version just for it, and it's it's coming. And they hyped it, and they hyped it. Oh, it got delayed. Now now it's finally coming. Oh, the pandemic hit. Oh, the world is on fire outside. But I have my own little private island. I think it has to do with those players that were holding out for a system console. People like Bobby. You know the guru, and and we also have seen the others like um, um, Nintendo Talk, You know when he was on our show, now he's blowing up because he does Animal Crossing. But it's like all these all these people who were fans of Animal Crossing wanted the console version, now have it and were able to stream it, and then you had all those people who were playing it, and then their 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 significant others seeing that and wanting their own islands because we were complaining about that. Remember we were, I, we can share an Island on our own system, but we can't, you know, they can't have their own Island on the same system. They're going to have to buy their own system. What happened? Everybody went and bought their own system in their own game because they didn't want to share that Island anymore. So, you know, would it still happen during, if there was no pandemic, who knows? Maybe a year later, especially around the holidays. Yeah, maybe there would have been people asking for it during the holidays. It would have been probably a bit would have been a good pop. But yeah, when you know when you yeah, have I some mean, downtime, my own kids. You know, we have two copies of Animal Crossing in the house. We have mine that's downloaded on my Switch, and then my son bought a copy with his own money. Then he decided he didn't like it uh, because I don't know why he. It wasn't Fortnite. It wasn't. Roblox at the yeah. time. And then my daughter picked it up and she's fallen in love with it. Well, now they fight over it because, of course, now that she wants it, he wants it. Right? Because that's how siblings work. And her latest, now her latest thing, totally off to the side here, is that she wants to save up her money and buy her own copy of Clubhouse Games because she's gotten addicted to playing it on my Switch. Um, but the, the, the whole thing. Like with Animal Crossing, Tim, I think you're exactly right. You know, you have multiple families wanting multiple copies. And then people started buying up Switches and people started buying up copies of Animal Crossing or they started downloading it if they couldn't find it in stores. And then, again, the snowball is just rolling and rolling and rolling, right? But I I keep coming back to this idea of when life is turning to crap around me, I have this ability to create an oasis, Right. And that's really what this game has become. And uh, I want to I want to go to a, over to a comment that was left on our, our Patreon today when 
I put this on here and uh, Nick Metzger, who hosts our Dad Crossing podcast, along with Sean Abbott and, and Dan Caparello, he says this. He said, I love how still after Animal Crossing knocks out 22 million in six months, you guys are like, why are people talking about it? Shrug emoji, LOL. Is it still a C-tier Nintendo franchise? Um, let's, let's just stop right there and let's answer that question. Is Animal Crossing at this time still a C-tier franchise? Maybe B now? I don't think we've just... I don't know. Like, it depends. How do you define them? Uh, I don't know. I'm afraid of this. I'm going to put it this way. The next time they do an Animal Crossing, it, and I think we've all said this before, it will not sell the same amount that it's done now. Oh, no. Um, and even, even if... It will sell a lot because there's going to be a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, Animal Crossing was awesome when I had it on the Switch. And this new one that's out for whatever new system is it is, I'm going to try it. Or they, you know, watch other people who try it. And you're just like, you know, they might try it for a little bit. Yeah, they might sell a lot of copies, but then they don't play it anymore because it's not the same. But I don't think they're going to sell those the same amount like they did. Here's the deal. Uh, I think that it's absolutely an A tier from now on. I agree with you that it's not going to sell as many copies, but I think that any game, any company, any game developer, any, any console publisher that does not elevate a game that sells 22 million copies in six months to the A tier, like priority level, they're fooling themselves. They're leaving money on the table. Yeah, we know there will be a sequel to this, um, this or another version. We know this that. has this has brought an entirely new uh, group of people into uh, Animal Crossing and even into video gaming. Uh, like I would say that we've not seen something like this happen on a Nintendo console since the Wii, because like, there like are people. I like see that. There, there are people who literally this is the only reason they own a Switch. In the middle of this pandemic, uh, my pastor's daughter loves Animal Crossing. She was playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on a broke-down 3DS. She found out about this game and spent her own money to buy a Switch Lite and Animal Crossing. She is not a gamer. She does not like video games except for Animal Crossing. She really only wants to, like, like have certain animals live on her island forever. She has them all picked out. We talk about them. She's like, so tangy is in my town. It's like a duck that's an orange. That and now I'm heard of that, that one. That now I want this animal in my town as well. But I'm mean, like, there are people like her, and there are people uh, like this has gone. This is not just a video game anymore. And so when I think about like, just just think about this. In this console generation, you have a game that has sold 20, over 22 million copies that was a C-tier franchise for Nintendo that absolutely has blown out of the water A-tier franchises that Nintendo has put so much effort into pushing. And I mean, not only like blown them out of the water, like sold 10 times more. 
I think and I'm going to pick on this, and people aren't going to like this, but Nintendo put way more effort into shoving Fire Emblem down people's throats this console cycle, and it only sold 2.8 million copies worldwide as of March. There was something you said I think is key to the definition that Jesse wanted for what is A tier or what is B tier, what is C tier. But I think what you said, what defines an A tier, I think one thing that you can say that would define that is, is it a system seller? And yes, Animal Crossing. Well, if that's the definition, systems, then definitely yes. <laughs> then it should be, yes, A tier. Yeah, well, so, here's the thing. Though, Mario, is, Mario is a system seller. Zelda's Breath a system of the Wild. Seller. Smash. So right there, I think that should be part of Pokemon. the definition of, a, of an A tier. Yeah, I do. I do too. And I think that that I think. But but would you agree with me that in the the current place we are in, as far as the is gaming as an industry, gaming as a hobby, A tier is a moving target. Oh yeah. As we gear up for new console cycle with Xbox Series X and. PS5 and Switch being somewhere in the middle, but being the hottest selling console of 2020 and even the end of 2019, it's a moving target because it could change. You know? Yeah, uh, anything can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think without the pandemic, Animal Crossing this round would move up to a B tier uh, IP. But what I want, what I want to highlight from that comment that Nick made is, the original question, why, why is it being talked about so much on Twitter, was not a slam on it. And it was not a, it was not a trying to keep Animal Crossing down. As I, as I said in our, our reply to him, it was simply, you know, why do you think it's been one of the most talked about games over, over other games? Cause there's, there, you know, there are other games that came out this year that were really, really in, in the long run, Games journalists and journalism would have convinced you that that were really, really, really important, like The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and other, but now everybody's still just talking about Animal Crossing. (laughs) Uh, and so I think we've talked about the large audience likes talking about what they're doing in there and sharing the island, especially now with dreams. See, well, the difference between Animal Crossing and those two games are (laughs) rated E versus rated M. Yes. You cut your audience in, in, you know, a third of them off. Well, I agree with that. But, I mean, we were all – I don't know if you guys saw when, when The Last of Us 2 came out. We were led to believe that this was like, you know, the the video game equivalent of Jesus Christ raising from the dead. You Until know, people like, started playing is, it. This is the most, and this found is the out most the truth. incredible achievement of video games that have ever, have ever happened. It will never – nothing will ever touch this. And it's so important. And, and I'm like – I got 22 million people over here hanging out with animals on a rock, you know, <laughs> that say, no, it's not. Right. So, you know, no, no disrespect to Animal Crossing. I, I totally want everybody to understand that. Okay. I just, I think it's, I think that it's now it's become so ingrained in what we're going through. It's memed, it's comics, it's. It's going to be the opposite of what we have for 2020. 2020 was horrible except for the light of Animal Crossing. And that's what it's going to be when we look at 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viruses and virtual animals. Yes. I think that's a show title, by the way. If only we had virtual <laughs> viruses, then we wouldn't have this right. problem. If we had real animals and virtual viruses, 
I would be okay with that. All right. So I, I got a, before we move on, I got a few things. Uh, first, Mega Dragon says, are we just going to ignore Amiibo Festival? Yes. Uh, second, the, the last console As game. As it should be. <laughs> the last console, Animal Crossing, was uh, City Folk slash Let's Go to the City, depending on your region, in uh, November of 08. So wow. almost 12 years ago. And it sold between November of 08 and December of 13, about 4.3 million on the Wii. So it, it had a f- less than 5% attach rate versus this that has a 35% attach so rate. So a fifth, a fifth of what <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is sold. Mm-hmm. By the way, can I, can I just want to talk about something here. How are they going to do that to us where they take us to the city where all the animals live and then never show us that again? Like, how can you do that? I, 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 like, I liked the city. I liked going to the city. I want to go back to the city. I feel like there's some animal adventures there that we haven't had yet. So what did you call that virtual for the title, Virtual Animals and... Uh, viruses and virtual animals. Okay. I'm taking uh, notes. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's talk about one more uh, little uh, news item here, and that is uh, over the past week, uh, PlayStation uh, users have gotten to experience an incredibly fun game called Fall Guys. I'm going to talk about it later on, on the show. Uh, but if you haven't heard about Fall Guys, it's published by Devolver Digital uh, and Mediatonic. And it is a uh, basically a, a multiplayer online version of Wipeout uh, or shows like American Ninja Warrior or something where you run a course or you do these physical challenges and try to be the last one at the end. Uh, and it's incredibly charming and cute. Uh, I don't know what the little things that you play are. They kind of look like beans with arms and legs, uh, mm-hmm. but you can like earn currency to buy visual upgrades and even level up in a season pass. It's free. I they were chickens or hens or something. It, it, they do kind of look like chickens, but they don't have beaks. It's just a okay. white face. with. So I, we just if only we, could, be- if only we could design our own and we can create the Nintendo Dash task. Ah, that would be. Guys. Yes. I hope that's coming eventually. Uh, uh, but anyway, Mediatonic say that they would like to see the game on other platforms in the future uh, and you know, hinted around that Switch would be one of the ones that was, uh, you know, up for that. Personally, having played this game over the weekend, I think this is a super obvious duh fit for the Switch because it's uh, it's it's incredibly kid friendly. It's it's really easy to drop into and play. You don't have to do a lot. Use like three buttons. Uh, and it would be super cool to take this with you. And it's not graphically taxing either. I mean, it's at all. It's literally 60 beans running around on a on a flat surface. There's a question for you. Yeah. It's a hot topic, right? Okay. Would, it, uh, would it have done as well if it was sold on the Switch first and lost oh. in the eShop? Ooh. I don't think it would be lost in the shop. I think they probably would have promoted the crap out of this. Uh, and, and here's why: maybe not. Maybe not. Nintendo would promote the crap out of this. I think Devolver has the muscle to push the crap out of this game. Okay. 
depending on the platform. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased because I want it on Switch so bad, <laughs> but I don't. I, I really don't see this one being one that falls through the cracks. Okay. Because I was wondering if that's why they chose to go the route they did instead of going to the Switch. No, I think they chose to go the route they did because of money. No. I think PlayStation said, "Man, we get, we got to sew this up. We need our we need our own timed exclusive uh, online." Battle Royale type game. Yeah, okay. it's it's a it's a free game with PS Plus this month. So when that when that happens, it gets noticed. Yeah, it's gonna go. Uh, it's gonna go price. It, it, it's marked as a twenty dollars game normally, but you know, free for PSN. I don't know if it affects yeah. what the other, other consoles are. I'm thinking about streaming some of it tomorrow night on our channel. Just calling it a Nintendo Friday, uh, just because it's so much fun. Uh, Nintendo dads. Non hey, and Tim's even made us up some art uh, for that. Uh, so <laughs> we might get to use that tomorrow night. But anyway, uh, here's what I want you to do, Nintendo Dads fans. I want you to, to uh, all go and tweet the Fall Guys devs and just say, please bring this game to Nintendo Switch. It's Yes. You need to see the support. Because harassing developers is always a good thing to do. I didn't say harass. I said tweet them. <laughs> so tweet them. Don't be jerks about it. Don't be like, you can bring it into a Switch because everything else sucks. No. Just say we don't, really like Don't make threats. Switch. No threats. I just, you know, type it out. Sir, please. Please, sir. <laughs> if you can find it in your heart. Bring, please bring your fall guys to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I don't know. That's all our news, guys. Uh, there's nothing else this week. So let's talk about what we've been playing. Jesse, I'm going to throw it over to you first because you've already kind of been talking about that you're playing yet another Dragon Quest game. Yep. Uh, but that's not all. So go ahead and tell us what you've been playing. Okay. So, you know, as I, I finished up, uh, the Paper Mario and in uh, no c new other g games coming that I have my eye on, decided to go back into my back catalog and replay games that I like. Uh, my my first thought was uh, Twilight Princess on the Wii U. I was because I never played that one. I bought it but never played it. Looked for the, looked looked around in my collection for it. Found the box, no disc. So my son thinks he has it and said he'd look for it. And if he does have it, he'll bring it over this weekend and I'll probably play that next. But uh, in the meantime, I picked up, I started, I replayed th mostly through Dragon Quest four chapters of the chosen. I'm like 28 hours into it. I'm really close to the end of the main game. Uh, like if this was the NES version, this, that would be the end of game, but the DS remake added an extra chapter. So, and it's uh, uh, one thing that makes this game different than other Dragon Quest games is chapters one through four, you deal with different characters starting from level one. So you're basically starting over every time with the different characters on different parts of the map. And then they all end up. And then chapter five is finally you, the main character, st still at level one going around and meeting all the other characters that were in the previous chapters to join your party. So they're still levels 10 through 15 or whatever they were at the end of the chapter, but you're level one. It doesn't take long for you to get caught up. And so right now I think every, well, my characters are in the low thirties 
33 to 35. I'll probably have be be in chapter six by this weekend, if not finished it. Either finished chapter six or stopped playing because I don't feel like I want to grind. It was either that or playing Dragon Quest Nine again, but I'm thinking, ah, it's I think I'll wait on nine because it's 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 a hundred hour game. Yeah, the I think it was like seventy five hours when I played it through the first time just to get to the credit roll and then I played it for 250 hours total before I stopped. Uh, and I'm also thinking about playing 6 again, too, so that might be thrown in there at some point. The other thing that I have marked down is uh, I mentioned last year, last spring, I bought a Baby Pac-Man machine and knew it uh, needed work. You know, the, the screen powers up but and and you can play it, but the, I couldn't test the pinball mechanics because I didn't have a ball at the time. But I bought it anyway, and it's been sitting in my garage for a year and a half. Finally got the base repaired enough because it w- was well water damaged, so it, the whole base pretty much fell off in transport. So I got the got the base repaired and moved it downstairs, turned it, plugged it in, turned it on. And I gave it a legit try. You know, you know, I. I bought a new, a new set of balls for the pinball part. So we found the old rusty thing that was originally came with it, but I, I threw that one away. <laughs> so found out that somewhere between buying it and having it moved downstairs, the wires that connected the coin slot to the system board st- stopped working, so I can't add any more credits to it. Mm. it. It had a few extra credits in there from before that apparently is preserved through power off states but uh so i was able to use those to plat to play through when i got to the pit the pinball part you know there are three traps you know one near the flippers and then two up top but supposed to hold the ball and it's got a kicker that knocks it back out to put the ball in play <laughs> the kicker doesn't work so i had to push the throw the ball in the play by hand to get play it around so there's the game is basically unplayable at this point. I am going to see if I can get someone who knows what they're doing to re- give it a repair. It'll, I'm sure that'll cost more money than, I, than it, it cost to buy the unit in the first place, but I kind of thought, knew that was coming and kind of expected it. But I uh, thought I'd share that. Uh, so it's in the background. You can't see it because of my overlay, but uh, when I was talking with Tim the other day, uh, testing something else on Zoom, and I didn't have the overlay on. He was able to see it in the corner. <laughs> I hate. It is a pretty good I, looking machine. I like how I like. I that hate machine. that you're having to put more money into it and everything, but I know that you really, really wanted it, and I, I, it, it just sucks that it doesn't work the way you want right. it. To. Even if it doesn't work, just having the unit, I think, was is. You know, I, I you know, I think I paid four hundred dollars for it. So, you know, in terms of the cost of an arcade machine, it's that was pretty small. You know, so by paying four hundred dollars for a broken arcade machine, it's kind of still worth the money. Just to say that you own a unit, of which I'd probably never see a, a unit available again. So that's why I wanted to pick it up when I had a chance. I wonder yeah. if it could be converted to a digital pinball. 
along with the digital, you know, regular game. I I don't know if I'd want to. Um, right. I, <laughs> I, I do want to probably upgrade the monitor to an LCD because the, the, the CRT in there is garbage. Uh, you know, it still works enough that I can see the screen and it can kind of play the, the, the board, the maze part of the game. Right. But it's still, it's hard to tell because the, the whole background is at a red sheen to it. So it's hard to see the red ghost. It kind of camouflages in. Right. Still a cool machine though. Yeah. Hope, hopefully you can get it fixed without too much, uh, too much of a hit on your pocketbook. <laughs> yeah. And, and all the, I, I used to know a guy who that was his job. You know, he had a small business that where he would buy and sell and repair arcade machines and pinball machines. And, you know, I wanted to talk to him before buying this to get his opinion of it. But when I went to his store, it was closed. So I have no idea where he went. So Maybe it's something you gotcha. can search online for. Yeah, I think there are other shops in the Kansas City area. The, the problem, you know, the big question is I don't want to move the thing again. So I'd right. have to, whoever comes to, to I hire to repair it would have to agree to come to my place. Because that thing's not moving upstairs again. Not <laughs> <laughs> right, definitely. Tim, what you been playing, bud? So the usual suspects, you know, like uh, Animal Crossing with the family, especially the fireworks. Like I said last week, I I love the fireworks. It's so something about it. It's so nice, you know, especially to go in with the family and just goof around and redo the the tickets again the raffles to get your bubbles and get your uh sparklers and the little fireworks and the hats and all that kind of stuff it's i don't know it's just something about it it's just like oh this is nice <laughs> we have fun with it as a family so it's fun and then uh sammy and i have been playing some Fortnite, doing creative and again sammy says hi everybody so <laughs> and uh uh, but we've been doing a creative mode. They have a hide and seek game that you can jump into, and we've been playing that, and it's been pretty fun. And you can have like up to, I think, 16 people hiding when one person looks for you. It's pretty crazy, but it's just been us two, and he's been having a blast with that. We couldn't connect tonight because of, you know, but there was some matchmaking issue. I didn't even know about all this other craziness, but it, they had a matchmaking issue going on, so. If has any relation to this, but that's why we couldn't get on there. Uh, so we're trying again tomorrow. But the game I have been spending a lot of time with is uh, on my own was Faria, and is Faria. In fact, in fact, I was on earlier before this show doing a stream of uh, playing another round of the uh, tutorials or the training missions, and this game is more than I expected it would be. I mean, I thought. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a card uh, strategy game, uh, kind of like your Magic Gathering, if you're familiar with that type of game uh, and their system. Uh, it's it's There's a lot of similarities I see with that. Um, and I, I like what they're doing with it, even with like the uh, lands that you have to grab uh, or to, to use in order to pay for the creatures you're putting out there. I, I like how they use that between lands and orbs and stuff like that, but without getting too deep detailed or too much in the weeds with the game. Uh, again, we, I did a, uh, a first look 
video that's already out on our YouTube channel, and I did streaming, so you can rewatch that both on YouTube and uh, uh, Twitch. You can watch those just to see that match. Um, there's a lot of content to be had in this game. Not, not only is it a multiplayer game between two people playing each other, which I did on the first playthrough by accident, I'll tell you too, because I was not planning to do a battle with somebody online because I knew it was just training. <laughs> but I actually battled somebody online and held my own for a good 30 minutes. It wasn't a, you know, they didn't kick my butt for, you know, too quickly. It took at least a good 30 minutes to play through. But there's a lot of solo stuff, especially playing through the missions, playing through the tutorials, so earning this- cards. Is this cross-platform, or are you playing with someone else who is also reviewing the Switch version? Yes, uh, yeah, was, that is definitely, it is cross-platform, and yes, you can tell. Um, I think I was playing against somebody else who was on the Switch, because there's an icon next to their name that shows a controller, so it'll be on, it could have been on Xbox for all I know, too, because it could be, there. it's releasing on the Xbox, and somebody could have been reviewing it there. But if there's a controller next to the name, that means it's uh, they're playing someone who's on a console. And if I think if there's not, uh, then it means they're on PC. But they're all cross-platform, which I thought was really cool. doesn't matter which system you're on. You're all playing you know, against each other. I even tried to see if it was on mobile, and I, it's not, fortunately. Because it's probably a good thing, because I'm actually... I couldn't stop thinking about this game while I was at work today. I was like, oh, I want to get... I want to play this game. So... And the reason why is I've been, I've played Magic the Gathering for a long time. And that is an expensive game to get into uh, physically, you know, the physical cards and stuff like that. And I had to give that up because of how expensive it is in order to continue my hobby in video games and the, you know, occasional uh, collectible type thing. So I had to give that up. Um, I still play every now and then with some friends. Uh, from work, um, haven't played since COVID started, but uh, they let me use their cards, so I don't have to go and buy new cards. But Magic: The Gathering, I loved, and I was interested in the Magic: The Gathering Arena, which is online, you know, digital version of Magic: The Gathering. But again, it costs a lot of money. You still buy packs, you still buy cards, you trade cards, and all that kind of stuff. Here, you do buy some DLC decks uh, and uh, cards, but and they're uh, right now. I think they go for nine ninety nine for the DLC, and it's twenty dollars for the game. Uh, but for the Switch, which I thought was really cool, is the first thirty days after. Well, with the first thirty days that it launched, so between now and uh, this time next month, you get all the DLC that they have right now for free. So there's like I think five different DLC packs that are ten dollars each, four or five, that you bought on your own. That you would you know be paying another fifty bucks for if you bought them all, but you get it on the Switch for free after buying the game for twenty bucks. So if you're interested in uh, card strategy games, um, I and you like Magic Gathering, I really enjoy this game and I highly recommend checking this out. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and I'm hoping to jump back in at some point. Maybe not tonight. I don't know. We'll see how I feel after we're done with the podcast, but. <laughs> and I'll probably try to stream some more. So, and yeah, Simple Monk was there watching too. So I'll say, what's up, Simple Monk? Thanks for coming to watch the stream. And there was like, I think I had seven viewers at one point on Twitch. Um, and I don't know how many on YouTube, but um, Kid Cat was there on YouTube. So she was asking some questions, which is really cool. So thanks for all those watchers. But again, yeah, that's 
training card game, or I don't know if it's necessarily trading because you're not trading anything, but card strategy game with a lot of similarities to Magic the Gathering. Really cool, a lot of fun. Watch my watch my first look, watch this restream, watch anybody else's take on it, get a feel for it if you're into it, and I would say go buy it. It's definitely a, a buy. Cool, cool. Well, the only Nintendo game I've been playing this week, or, or game on a Nintendo system, is a brand new game that came out today on the eShop called Boomerang Foo. Uh, Justin's got a preview of this one over on our channel on YouTube, so you should go check that out. Uh, but if you're into party games, uh, kind of like Astro Duel Deluxe or uh, just games where you run around and there's a bunch of chaos and stuff's exploding and people are flying everywhere, this is your type of game. Um, you play as various pieces of fruit or other things you might find in the kitchen, like a cup of coffee or bacon or a jug of milk. They're equipped with boomerangs that you're trying to hit your opponent with and cut them in half. Uh, and you run around this map. Up to six people can play at a time. Uh, you want to basically what you're trying to do is eliminate everyone else. And the first one to get so many eliminations wins. Or you can so you can play free for all. You can play a team variant of that, or you can play golden boomerang mode, which is <laughs> um, where you get the boomerang and try to keep it away from uh, everyone else for as long as you can. Uh, and is that like golden gun simple. mode in 007? Uh, no, you, you're no. not. I don't, I don't know. It may be an homage to that, but uh, that's the first thing I thought of. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like capture the flag. So, you know, you want to hold it for, a, a, you know, the longest amount of time. Uh, you move with the stick. You dash with B. You uh, can do an up-close uh, slash attack with A as long as you have your boomerang. Uh, and then X throws your boomerang, and if you hold it down, it calls it back. Uh, and there's a ton. I won't say strategy to this game, but just... Like you can, you can do trick shots where you bounce your boomerang off corners and it goes down the other way and you can kill people that way. And there's tons of like weird power ups that like there's fire boomerangs and ice boomerangs, explosive boomerangs, multi boomerang uh, power ups. You, there's one where if you throw your boomerang, uh, you can teleport to where it is uh, instead of picking it up. Uh, there's telepathy boomerangs that let you control them after they're thrown. Uh, but here's, Here's the fun part about those power-ups is they stack. So at, my son and I were playing earlier, and he had uh, multi-fire telepathic teleport boomerangs. <laughs> uh, and so he could, like, do all kinds of stuff. Um, and one of the things I think is really cool about this is if you if you get behind, the game will help you. You can turn this off. But the game will help you. You'll actually start with a shield. You'll, you know, you'll... You'll be, you can take one hit. Um, I, I just like, I love the character designs. I love the, the randomness of it all. And there's tons of stages with all kinds of different mechanics going on. Like, uh, there's one where there's, uh, two sides and there's a bridge in between them, but the bridge has these stone pieces on either side. And if you're trying to cross the bridge, somebody can hit a switch and it smashes you. <laughs> smashes anything on the bridge in the middle. There's moving platforms or stages where the platforms completely fall out from under you. 
Uh, there's one that has a giant rotating croissant in the middle of it <laughs> that, that constantly yeah. blocks off parts of the map. Super charming. Game. Because the croissant was, is boomerang shaped. Yes, yeah, right, right. Uh, 12 bucks on the eShop. Uh, and it's, it's a ton of fun. We were yelling at each other, laughing, <laughs> jumping up and down. Ton. It, it was, it's really cool. Really, really fun. And I, I expect it, you know, if it gets popular enough, it'll probably be a game that gets uh, further, you know, like characters or something added down the uh, way. This, you guys were playing it on your system. It wasn't like local play between two systems. It was just one. We were playing it on once. We were okay. playing it on one system. That is correct. I, I should have mentioned that. Um, let me check and make sure that it doesn't have online because I wanted, um, I do want to mention that if it's if it's there, a third here here's some of the things as we're waiting here: couch multiplayer up to six people, stack power ups, over thirty arenas. Uh, you can team up. You can change the rules. I meant to say that too. There's uh, there is modifiers okay. uh, that you can add um, to to the game to make it different, you know, or make you start with different power ups or different nice. things like that. And you're uh, playing as far with the Joy-Cons? It looks like... Yeah, you know, just using Joy-Cons to play? Yes. Okay. Uh, I played yeah. with the Pro Controller, and my son played with two Joy-Cons, but you can play... It plays in TV mode, tabletop mode, handheld mode, whatever you want to yeah, play. Yeah, it looks like there is no online play. There isn't. And there's no local, like, uh, Bluetooth-enabled okay. play either. Okay. But, that being said, I, I did say it was $12. It's actually $15. Uh, but... If you've ever wanted to be uh, an avocado that throws a boomerang and <laughs> slices do. a piece of toast in half, then this yes. is this is your game. That's Can my you use the boomerang to spread yourself onto the toast? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, lots of fun. I, I really, um, I've I've really always since the beginning of having a switch been a huge fan of Astro Duel Deluxe and I still one of the games I recommend for couch co-op and multiplayer to a lot of people uh this is going to be in my in my list of recommendations from now on uh, I, I, I think it's go just, buy it right now it's I'm brilliant go buy it. it's it's so much fun <laughs> I'm so um, I'm gonna go buy it right now. Nintendo so that's the only Nintendo game I've been playing this week um spent the weekend this little bit of Nintendo. so if you uh, don't want to hear this you just hit that little 30 second skip and hopefully we'll be past it here in a little bit uh played played a lot of fall guys this weekend on the ps4 enough to know that i want this on the switch uh if it ever happens um like i said it's american ninja warrior slash wipeout meets battle royale you know everybody's trying to be the one at the end and it starts with 16 narrows down and then it narrows down again and then it narrows down again. And then you have one final race. Usually, uh, usually games take about five rounds. Uh, and it's all different game types, but mainly it's, it's physical challenges to stay in the game. You know, make it to the end before everyone else does or stay on the platform that doesn't fall or whatever. And, uh, just super charming. Uh, and then totally on the opposite end of that, not that I'm saying it's bad or anything. Um, I've pre-ordered Marvel's Avengers for PlayStation 4 simply because I don't have an Xbox, but also because they're getting Spider-Man exclusively on the PS4. And I am so looking forward to this game, y'all. Um, I, I pre-ordered it last about it. I pre-ordered it last week just so I could get in the uh the PS4 only beta 
yeah. this past weekend. Uh, and I'll tell you what you can do uh, because the beta does go out to, I think, everybody this weekend. So Xbox users and PS4 pre-orders can go online this weekend and play. Uh, and then there's going to be one more beta weekend after this where everybody can download the beta and play. Uh, in the original beta, uh, or that you play the first level, so you're playing the first part of the game, and you get to play as every character that's available in the game except for uh, Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel. So in the original level, you're play, you get to play for brief times as Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, and Black Widow. Uh, and each one of them feels completely different. You kind of get a, a like a highlight of their powers. Holy crap, the Hulk is so much fun uh, <laughs> because like he can do like the clap and you know blow people away and all this stuff. Uh, Black Widow was incredibly fun to play. You do a boss fight with her. Uh, Captain America, you get to play is just a smidgen of, but enough to like get a sense of what uh, his powers are. Do some flying with Iron Man and some cool stuff with Thor where you fight and you throw the hammer and call it back and do all the stuff. And then from, and I thought that was going to be it, right? Like I really thought like, okay, we'll play that. They'll set the game up and then you're done. Uh, no, you go on from there to play a level later on in the game or a section later on in the game where uh, Kamala Khan and Bruce Banner are looking for an old uh, Tony Stark bunker to find something, to find Jarvis that will help them reform the Avengers. And so you get to play as both Hulk and uh, Kamala for a pretty extensive period of time. Like I did not finish the demo uh, wow. during my time with it. And I played it for maybe five or six hours. Uh, but I was also like looking around for everything and doing challenges. Um, here's what like I would say about this. Of it. Yeah, like I love this because it's Avengers. Like I love this because it's Marvel. I love these characters. Uh, I think that Square Enix has done a fantastic job of building a great game here, but it's not groundbreaking. All right. If you've played any AAA game in the last 10 years, you know what you're going to get. Lots of button mashing, combo fighting, run around, find the stuff in the environment, get a little bit more story. Uh, enemies are coming. Whoa, I got to dodge. Then I've got to attack. You, you get what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it's just, it's yeah, that it's, same kind of gameplay. I, I've heard yeah. it kind of compared with the game, the gameplay loop like Destiny had. Uh, well, seeing just, as how I didn't play Destiny, I, I, I wouldn't be able to say, but I like the whole time I was thinking like, this feels like a lot of other games. Like, you know, yeah. like it feels... It, it's, it's not It's not like a game, like a Mario game, where there's a start, you play through, you finish, you're done. It's a game that supposedly never ends. You keep, they keep, they'll keep adding stuff to it over time. As I would be fine it, with that. As long as they, as long as people keep playing, playing it and paying to do so, they will continue to add stuff to it. I guess what I was meaning by that more along the lines of it felt it feels like um like God of War. It feels like, you know, similar type combat in those games where it's like hit, 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 dodge roll, hit, 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 dodge roll. Yeah. And then I do my finishing move and the enemy dies. Uh, you know. And the fact that it's a game of service game is actually take shutting me off on it. 
because I'm not interested in that type of gameplay. Well, loop. I they can bring in every Marvel character. I don't I don't right. care. Like give me yeah. give me the individual campaign for Hawkeye. Right, take the Spider Man <laughs> content. Inject it directly into my veins. Yeah. Um, I saw, I'm sure there'll be Ant Man and stuff because there's there's already been references to Pym particles and all kinds of other stuff. So, yeah, there's a video out there where someone was playing it and Hulk went inside the Hulkbuster armor, and he goes, "If this is a glitch, don't patch it out. This is awesome." Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, I got up to in the demo. I got up to the point where you fight. It was after I fought Abomination, and so that was fun. It was a fun fight, but it was hit, 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 dodge, hit, 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 dodge, use special attack, dodge. Right. Yeah, it's it's just that's expect that right. That's just I think that's that's just where AAA games are right now. Uh, but I'm glad it's coming out this year, and it's not it's not going to be delayed anymore. It's not going to be affected by. COVID or whatever. September 4th is going to be a fun day. I'm excited. I went ahead and pre-ordered the deluxe edition, so I just get everything. Very few games do I do that on, but that's I'm, I'm doing it on this one. Uh, well, guys, that's what we've been playing. Let's, uh, let's turn on the community spotlight, because we've got quite a bunch. I have a question. Before we get going there, sure. I have a community spotlight question, but it's my own. I guess, okay. Question. Going back to your boomerang food, is there stuff you have to unlock in the game before you can open it up and start seeing no. things? No, no. There was, there's like, open? yeah, there's about 15 or so character skins available at the beginning and all the okay. worlds and power-ups and all that. I didn't, I don't, I mean, there may be stuff you can unlock. I just okay. haven't played it enough. But you can jump right in and just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's and there's going to be something for everybody. Like, there's going to be a character that everybody immediately goes, yes. Because, like, at first I was like, I'm going to be the bacon every time. And then I saw the coffee and, like, most of the other characters are all happy and everything. And they're like, tra-la-la, you know, like bopping <laughs> back and forth. Coffee is sitting, like, when you when you mount, move over him, he's sitting there like, jittery you know shaking like this <laughs> i was like yes this is my character i'm gonna be coffee uh tons of interaction this week guys uh I, I love our community so much we've got questions from discord we've got stuff uh from email we've got uh we've got stuff from twitter so let's just dive right into it here oh. uh over on the discord bobzilla says this, do you think that Nintendo has learned from its past mistakes by spreading out the release of games? Last year, we saw a cluster of games come out and it was almost too much from a backlog. Or maybe the slow release of their games is all due to COVID. Uh, what I think Bob is referring to here is that last September, was it? Yeah. Like or early October, everything hit at once. Yeah, well, I had a one of our... Episode Arts was, I used like a Burger Time buns, make a, a sandwich of games coming out in September. At the one point, there was like 27 yeah, games. I, I, I seem to remember September 13th and September 20th, because September 20th was when Link's Awakening came out last year. Uh, and then like the week before that was ridiculous. Uh, It wasn't all Nintendo games, but there was a lot of games that came out in a short time. Do you think this is uh, COVID or do you think that Nintendo is just spreading it out because maybe this was supposed to be a down year anyway? Yeah, I think 
Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say just that um, I think that it was originally going to slow down a little bit anyways, because we're getting towards that middle ground area and then it was going to start swinging back up. But COVID definitely made it slow down even further uh, and put a kibosh on maybe some things that they were planning. So I already, I already think at the beginning of the year, because we were already talking about how slow things were. We weren't getting directs. And we were like, where's the direct? Where's the direct? Where's this and that? And then, you know, a lot of people were speculating in our own, you know, Dan Caparello was what was like, he doesn't think there's going to be a direct ever again. That was his production even before COVID that they were going to go about it a different way. Uh, so it's, it, I think there was already a plan in place to do something. And that's why I'm still holding out hope for 2020 because there's still something, but COVID definitely screwed up everything. So, and I think it made it look, it's making it look worse than what it was actually going to be. I think it was going to be a slow year anyways. And a, and a slow year is now, translating into a stagnant year yes yeah we're, we're we're now three months between first party releases where compared to 2017 we almost had one every month for the first 12 months yeah jesse what do you think i i think he pretty much echoed exactly what i was going to say <laughs> so i think it was going to be a slowdown anyway it just i i don't think it is a result of them learning from a previous mistake i think it's just that the games aren't ready yet, but again, the, the the pandemic just slowed things down. Gotcha, gotcha, Bob. I hope that I'm sorry, Bobzilla. I hope that is a good enough answer for you. Uh, Onyxus asks us this. He says, "Hello, Nintendo dads and everyone else. I've been wanting to talk about a gaming topic that's been on my mind, and also submit my question for tonight's episode. So bear with me as I explain everything." 2020 has been a tough year for all of us, and it hit hard for myself and my family. My mother passed away last month on the 17th from stomach cancer. She was always a brave woman, one that, call, uh, one that I called my mother and father. While this has been a heartbreaking moment in time, I've turned to music, painting, and gaming to help me cope. Nothing will replace my mother, but there are things in the world that can help us heal. I know this is a bit personal and a sensitive subject, but video gaming can help us escape, laugh, feel happy, and even release some tension or stress through various types of gameplay and stories. My question for this week deals with games and healing. What video games have helped you get through difficult times in life, whether it's coping with loss, depression, stress, or other type of feeling that just hurts? When I first played Gree, I loved its artistic view, but playing it a second time, I found another connection with it. It fit perfectly with what I was going through. I loved the color, the emotion, and release when I completed it. Anyone have anything else? Then he goes on to say, thanks again for this community and for everything you do. I know things like this can be hard, but you're not alone. If anyone had something similar to happen to them would like someone to talk to, you can definitely reach out to me. It's helped me. And that right there is what I love about our community is yes. just that we're always reaching out to each other, always helping each other out whenever possible. I mean, and I know that there's people who reach out and want to do whatever they can, but sometimes you can't, but just reaching out is always helping itself. So that right there is what our community is about. Honestly, the, it's mail like this, questions like this, they remind me why I do this, right? You know, I mean, I love, yes. to, I love to get together with you guys talk about Nintendo. Yes. 
Uh, but uh, it's the human connection. It's you guys, you know, and, and it's it's the people who who listen and make up the community. That so uh, let's let's answer this question. What what are some games that help you through tough times or did help you through tough times? Well, I don't have like one game in particular, and but just I know, like if if I am like. If I need to relax for one reason or another, usually can, a Picross game for me will calm me down and relax. And relax. It gets me into a more relaxed state. I understand not everyone can say that it, that Picross can frustrate other people, but at least that—that's I know that that's my relaxation if I need it. Okay. How about you, Tim. Mine is probably, it depends on the time uh, when it was going on. It's not something I necessarily go back to because it help, It will help me again or anything. It just depends. Like right now, like we talked about Animal Crossing is a nice, good thing to go to, right? So I'm sure that'll be a memory go in the future. But back when I was going through, uh, I guess I'd call it my dark ages, uh, in the early 2000s, um, I was going through a divorce, going through bankruptcy, going through all kinds of crap. And, uh, uh, I had some friends that helped me out a couple, you know, two couples that helped me out. First couple, they let me move in. They didn't have an extra room, but they had like a, you know, some houses have a living room and a family room. They had a family room that they let me stay in for, you know, a few months until I could get back on my feet. And this other couple that they're both of these couples are our best friends of mine too, by the way. Uh, but this other couple, um, they they just bought a new house. They were, you know, we were all just young couples that were just getting married. Or in my case, I was the first one to get divorced, I guess. But uh, they got married. They bought a house and they had an extra room. They didn't have kids or anything like that. So they were like, hey, come come live with us. You know, come rent out our, this room. We just bought a place. So it was kind of helping each other out. You know, I paid them a little rent. It helps them with their new house payment. And I got a place to live. Well, the my best friend uh also there he had a playstation 2 so it's not a nintendo system but he had a playstation 2 and i couldn't certainly afford any systems at the time and i think the only system i had on hand was the playstation 1 uh so whenever i played games i got to play that but he got a playstation 2 and one of the games that he got because he knew i liked it was twisted metal and for the playstation 2 was twisted metal black I played that game to death because it was my it was my go-to game. I wasn't dating anybody. I didn't want to date anybody. <laughs> it's like, and it wasn't it wasn't always about hanging out somewhere. It was just like my getaway. It was Twisted Metal Black. Again, it was a racing game type of thing, but obviously with battle system. And it was just crazy game that just sucked me in and was able to help me during that time. So. So not only did those, you know, it wasn't just, it was about the families that helped me or those couples that helped me, but also that system too was a getaway, you know. I think for me, um, when I think about this game, there's, and y'all are going to laugh when I say this, long-time listeners will at least know my answer to everything when I think about, you know, like what what's, it's like comfort food, right? Uh, but there's a reason for that and for me 
Uh, it's anytime I've had a bad day or anytime uh, I have, you know, going through something and I just need to relax or need to think or just shut off for a while. Uh, it's Super Mario Brothers 3 and Mega Man 2. <laughs> uh, and also another one that I would throw in there is um, Tetris and Pixel Lines DX on the Switch. Um, I found doing those puzzles incredibly relaxing. You just kind of zone out and do that. And Tetris for me is just, uh, it's just a release. Like I, I love to play Tetris. But growing up, um, you know, I was not um, in elementary school, especially. I, didn't, I, I got a Nintendo Entertainment System when I was eight. So I was in the third grade. Uh, around that time and I remember getting it and you know I, I played one at a friend's house and knew that I wanted one but just it kind of became my thing you know like all kids have a thing like they either like especially now I think you know like kids like oh, they, they play bas baseball and that's all they do you know or they play yes. soccer and that's all they do yep. well in the eighties growing up, you know, I was not, I wasn't a popular kid. We, we weren't a family that fit in with the popular families at school or, you know, we, and we weren't really well off or anything like that. And so I was kind of awkward and weird and didn't have a lot of friends and I had like zero self-esteem. And part of that came from not having those friends. But part of that also came from growing up uh, with, pretty hard to deal with asthma and other thing like allergies going on, uh, yep. which, you know, people didn't really understand that the way they do now, you know, right. even. And so like, I couldn't go out and like play and do what other people did a lot. And so like the thing that I was good at and the thing I loved was Nintendo. Uh, but this was also, not in the time we're in now where geek culture is so accepted, right? right. And it kind of yes. runs everything. Yeah. So if you were like obsessed with Nintendo in a rural Southern town, yep. you were that weird nerdy kid. <laughs> so that was me. And so I just like everything, like everything I did was about Nintendo. It's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, my son, if you've listened to the show, he's on the autism spectrum and he has some stuff there. I probably am the same. <laughs> I probably have learned to cope with it over the years. But back then, nobody knew how to talk about that either. Right. Uh, right. And so, but that was like, that was my fixation. I just wanted to talk about and play Nintendo. That's all I wanted to do. Everything I did was to get to the next time I played games. Yes. Uh, and those two games right there when I was in some really lonely times in my life, got me through. Um, Super Mario World is another one of those. Uh, and I will always, always, always have a really special place in my heart for, and Jesse's going to correct me when I say this, but Final Fantasy II for the Super Nintendo. I know it's four, but <laughs> it's two here. Uh, it was the very first RPG that I played and, and beat. And I actually had a guy that was in one of my classes. We got to be good friends by 
talking about Final Fantasy 2 because he was the first person I knew to have a Super Nintendo. And like that led to me getting mine and all this stuff. And so he got Final Fantasy 2. We talked about it. That's why I bought Final Fantasy 2 was, was, was him. And we ended up like hanging out and, well, you know, long going over to his house, staying the night, you know, playing Mario Kart at three in the morning, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And so, but those two games for me, they're games that I can play, like we could play and carry on a conversation and I can play this game, right? Like it's, right. it's almost autopilot, uh, but I still enjoy it, you know? And it's like, I'll run through Mega Man one through six once every six months, just because, just because I can, because I want to, because I love it. It's comfort food. Same thing for Super Mario 3. I'll play it at least once a year all the way through. Yeah. Um, and that just, now I can't like, I'm like you guys, I can't think of any games that, I, that were just like, this helped me through a really hard time, specifically. But man, there's such power in those moments. There's such power in nostalgia. There's such power in connection uh, and, and emotion in video games. Um, recently, my son beat Paper Mario. And if you've beat Paper Mario, which Jesse has, and you have it, Tim. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, he was emotional. Yes, at the ending, I could understand. He, he, he was he was he was affected by that, and yeah. I think those, that's important uh, for you to for people to have that type of experience. And I believe that's why uh, video games are so powerful. It's not just boomerang foo where you're running around, you know, <laughs> scoring points right. anymore. It's it's a story. It's it's something you're involved in. It's a way to to get outside of yourself. And that's so important even right now uh, in this time. And Anixus, mm-hmm. we want you to know, thanks for being vulnerable, number one, about what's going on in your life. Uh, love, blown away that you would trust our community with being able to talk about that. What a wonderful question. And I hope that uh, you're on the way to... To healing from this, and and you know, I know it's not something you ever forget, uh, but it, it you're right. It, it there is there is healing that can be had, and I hope that's happening for you. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best. And if you're out there and you're struggling, and you're not 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 an excess, but if it's you and you're struggling with something, understand you've got a community of dads here, in, uh, and now moms, uh, now moms are part of the the Discord as well. Uh, you got a community of people right here that uh, we care about you and uh, we we want the best for you. And so reach out. Uh, one of the things I was talking to somebody earlier and we were just and I, I know I'm going on a big rant, but I'm going to say it. You know, we were talking about how uh, just a, there's just a lot of heavy stuff right now. Right. There's just yeah. and there's some days that it just feels too heavy. Uh, and, and we want you to know that don't get to the point where it's too heavy and you just feel like you can't go on. If you feel like you're getting to that point, reach out, reach out to somebody, maybe not us, reach out to somebody you trust, reach out to somebody in your community, go to see a counselor, see a pastor, see somebody, uh, cause you're, you are worth more than you realize. And so, uh, know that we're thankful for you in the community and, uh, we, we are here for you as well. Um, Man, what an awesome question. What an yes. awesome, awesome thing to talk about. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, 
Jason asked this on uh, our Patreon post from today. Uh, with only one game we know of on the horizon, which many of you are skipping, uh, how big? Uh, how are you going to tackle your backlog? How big is the? <laughs> I can't read this. I just reverted to junior high mode. I'm sorry. How big is the log, and what is the first <laughs> game you're going to back to? Okay, Marty is a six year old again. Congratulations. So yeah, I, I oh. think I've already ducked about mine. No, from serious to silly. I'm sorry. I can't help it. He he literally typed how big is the log. <laughs> Oh God! So, so, so yeah, I'm already. I pretty much already talked about my backlog plans for the year until, and I and I do plan on getting Pikmin when it comes out. Okay, Tim, what about you? How are you gonna ta- how are you gonna tackle that log? The, the the big log, like I do all the time, Marty. <laughs> Sitting down, I I take my switch in with me. No. <laughs> That that is the answer. That is the answer right there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm going to be trying to tackle my backlog, but there for me it's hard because there's still the indie games that come out that sure. I want to buy, and thankfully a lot of them are shorter. But I am thankful that there's not a lot of big games. But I do have a, a backlog. I'm still got like you said, I got uh, Paper Mario or Origami King. Um, that's one, and then. It, um, Carry On is still on my list. I definitely want to finish that one. Uh, Crisis Remastered. I was having fun with that uh, when I bought that. And then uh, there's, you know, then I still do my racing games that I like to jump into, but those aren't anything I have to complete necessarily. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and a lot of times too, it's given me a chance to play more with Sam, obviously, when we do stuff like, um, you know, multiplayer games. So, but yeah, it's, and then if we got reviews, that takes up time, obviously, but sure. <laughs> those, those indie games fill up the gaps. I swear it's like, but the hard part is trying to keep tabs on which ones are for you. And hopefully that's why we're, where we come in and kind of say, Hey, check out these indie games that we get to get our hands on. Yeah. I went back and uh, looked at my uh, note that I keep on my phone of my backlog. Uh, and uh, I've got 13 games in my backlog. And most of those are multi-hour games and they're not all Nintendo system games, but uh, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Witcher 3, The Last of Us. I forgot about Ghost of Tsushima. I still have to finish there too. Yeah. So yeah, I've got that on my I mean, Fire Emblem Three Houses is one of mine. So That's on my backlog. Yeah, and I haven't even made it to the time jump yet. So there you go. Me neither. Jesse's talking, Jesse, but I don't hear anything. We can't, we can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm muted, so that would explain why. Yeah, Fire Emblem is a game I, I've lent it to a friend, and if I ever get it back, then I'll probably give it a try. But gotcha. that, that one's got a low priority for me. Uh, yeah, it's at the bottom of my... <laughs> uh, I, I think that I started Horizon Zero Dawn and got about three hours or four hours in, and I think that's going to be the next one I pick up. Uh, and especially since it does not seem like there's going to be any fall TV to watch, that's, um, that's going to help me catch my backlog too. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I watch, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, but like all of the CW, uh, Arrowverse shows, I, I, I watch all of them and it doesn't sound like it, any of them is going to have new episodes until the, this winter. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, we watch a lot of stuff, and Wednesday nights are, are crowded for us anyway with, with coming home. And uh, we, we typically, our Wednesday night uh, ritual is leave church, go to Sonic, get drinks, come home, watch Survivor. And there's not going to be a new season of Survivor. And though there is, it, it was watch Mass Singer, then watch Survivor. There is a new season of Mass Singer coming out. They they got one of those taped before okay. everything happened. I watched the first season of that. I didn't watch any of the second season. Oh man, I took so I took good. that off my DVR. It's so good. I love it. Uh, we 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 have been about fifty fifty the last couple of seasons with able to, being able to guess who people were. So, well, well inside there, uh, kind of a question that's related to this. Um, Jesus Amada asks, he says, so many games and they don't all uh, fit in a Nintendo Direct. He's talking about all the games that were we talked about earlier that were revealed this week. And he said, really? Is the editing of the video a process that can't be done from a producer slash editor's home? What's stopping them from having a Nintendo Direct or even a Mini? Look at Sony's state of play. It was horrible, but Sony managed to have a similar structure for announcing games through trailers slash interviews. And then he says, Jason, I too have a huge backlog because you're currently chipping away at everything slowly. This, this blew me away. He said, on just Nintendo system games, I have over 100 in my backlog that I need to clear out soon. For all other systems combined, I have nearly 300 that I want to play or complete. At least the pandemic and quarantine has helped me chip away at so many of these. Yeah, speaking of backlog, this, yeah, there you go. That's probably the game that's been in my backlog the longest. Final Fantasy V? <laughs> yeah. I bought this okay. probably eight years ago. <laughs> Never gotcha. played it. Yet, I keep it on my desk to remind me. That That's an incredible backlog. Um, that could be like an, a YouTube series. Just saying. Chrono Trigger. I've been wanting to play, play that too. I recently it's bought on my that. backlog. I, I need played, to replay it as well. I've at least played a third of it and then stopped. Yeah, I uh, picked up the DS version uh, at a game used game store at a vacation spot a few years ago, complete with poster and everything, box, all of that for DS for thirty dollars. Nice. Feel like I robbed. That's awesome. Um, Joe asks us this. How long do you think the hybrid-type console will be utilized? Do you see Nintendo always producing a portable-slash-home console, or will they revert back to having them separated like before? I, I, I think they'll continue to make them as long as they continue to sell. As soon as they have... Like, if they get a Wii U level of disaster, then they'll change gears. But I think, I think Switch 2 will be... Just a, a, a more powerful switch. All I'm going to say is this. Uh, with them combining their dev teams from 3DS and Switch, like we kind of talked about last week, I don't think there's, there's a way that they can go back to two systems after this. I think they're going to be one system moving forward. And I do think that it's going to have some kind of hybrid component, whether it's uh, home console, pick it up and take it on the go, or home console that you come into and you stream kind of like stadia kind of like ps now that kind of thing but you'll be able to do that from other places 
So uh, I think, I mean, I think the switch has been a huge hit for them. And I think that they're, why, why change what's working? This is Nintendo who went from a million selling console or a hundred million selling console to a 14 million selling console. And then before uh, that hundred, it was a down, it's always been a downhill slope. It, it, yeah. Since day yeah. one, it, the, the GameCube to Wii was the first up to up, uptake. Absolutely. Uh, as much as I loved handheld gaming, like exclusively handheld gaming, like with from the Game Boy through the 3DS, uh, I think that's dead. I think just exclusively handheld gaming is dead. Yeah. In Japan, it's more popular, which is why I think this will continue because of as many, well, maybe not now, but, you know, pre-pandemic, there was most of Japan, you know, mass transit to work, etc. Yeah. And that's perfect time to sit down and and get some gaming in. Yep. Uh, John Blanco asks us, when will Nintendo fix the Joy-Con analog stick? My answer to that is when they make another controller. Yeah, well, It's my not going to be with the Switch. Bruce Patterson replied, uh, but I, I thought of that answer, the exact same answer, before he did. His answer was, when the imaginary Switch Pro comes out. <laughs> And yep. ending with a question mark, so even he's not sure. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe it's uh, a possibility that uh, um, something I don't think anybody's talked about is a Joy-Con two. So hmm. instead of a whole, you know, Switch two or Switch Pro, it's just Joy-Con Plus or Joy-Con two. Or I, I think Plus is exactly the name it would be because we've seen that happen before. Right. We were Plus. plus. <laughs> yes. So I think maybe that's maybe that's the next thing that comes out. It's, then, it's just that the plus in this one is it's a Joy-Con plus a stick that actually doesn't break. We hope. Yep. I'm about to we have hope. to contact Nintendo about uh, one of my Joy-Cons. It started drifting the other day and I'm just going to send it to them. Um, I've got my. My day one Joy-Cons, the great ones that I've had and I've you know, fixed all of my own and all that kind of stuff, or, you know, did the whole cleaning method worked for three years. And then recently, uh, about a month or two ago, finally died, not because of drift, but just stopped connecting altogether. Oh, oh yeah. We're yeah. Done. You talked about that with the star Wars game. Yeah. That's <laughs> what, that's when I found out about it. It just stopped connecting altogether. Just, it was done. They just, they just looked at you and like, we're done here. It was like, uh, we're, we're, we've made it this far, three years. I think we're good. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a problem sometimes with my purple left Joy-Con where it, it's, it seems to not know to shut off when it's supposed to shut off. So it battery drains. Oh, wow. So what, while it's physically connected, it'll still work. But when I look at the battery status of the system, it says, system 75%, right Joy-Con, full, left Joy-Con, Three. Like, why? You should be the same. I don't disconnect you. Right. Uh, yeah, I've been holding off buying Joy-Cons because I'm hoping this holiday there's something new that'll come out. New colors. Even if it's not a new rebuilt, you know, Joy-Con, at least new colors, maybe. But, because uh, before I buy another pair. But. 
Joy-Con Pro. Yeah, go, Joy-Con Pro is what I would prefer. Or Pro Plus. plus. Or whatever. Yeah, Pro yeah. Plus. <laughs> what, if, what if they just change them to where it's like they have little grips on them? You know, like the, the Satisfy. You plug them oh, in, yeah. it's got a little handle on both sides. I mean, it's not ergonomic for playing side to side, but by now they got to know everybody's got at least one extra set of Joy-Cons. They could, they could pick up a Pro for when they want that. Right. I don't know. Uh, Richard Escobar, two questions or two comments. He says, Fall Guys is a battle royale the Switch needs to complement Tetris 99. I'm really loving Fall Guys. It'd be really nice if it came out this year for the Switch. Uh, we talked about that already. I don't think it's going to come out this year. I think probably Sony's got that wrapped up at least for the rest of 2020 as a exclusive, at least while, well, I would say probably at least while it's on PS Plus for free, but we'll see. That's going to end at the end of August. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. He also says, I read the Animal Crossing topic is what themes slash memes hyped everyone to get on the Animal Crossing train. What led to the rise of popularity so fast? I feel like we've already covered that um, back in, <laughs> during the Animal Crossing portion of the show. So uh, we hope that answered your question uh, there, Richard. Bruce Patterson also asks, and Jesse, this one is a, a long, slow drive right into your lane right here. Yep. Okay. Are Arcade Archives ever on special? And then he goes on to say, I loved Elevator Action as a kid. Do these games ever go on sale? I don't think I've ever seen them on sale. They're like $8, whether it's uh, worth it or not. And like some can uh, argue, like the Super Mario Brothers versus probably not yeah. worth 8 bucks if you can get the NES version for 5 But uh That's true. You know, elevator action isn't much there. It's, you know, most people probably can't get past the second stage. So, you know, same with Donkey Kong. Most people can't get past the third stage on that. Uh, they're all they're all eight, eight bucks. Yeah. Well, they never went on sale around Christmas time because that's usually when Nintendo does their big, you know, sales for their own games. Uh, I just want to throw something out here as we kind of move on from this and get ready to close out the show. This is kind of a little bit of a inside uh, baseball breaking news here. Well, I, uh, I do have two emails that I didn't get in the notes. Oh, well, then we'll save we'll save this until we do the emails. Okay. So, All right. Just doing a quick look on Arcade Archives. They are published by Hamster in addition to developed. They're not Nintendo published. Okay. So you want me to go to the emails now? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay. The first one is from Russ G. Uh, so there's a lot of talk of Game Boy Classic. We don't, don't we already have it? The Switch is the, the first portable single screen device from Nintendo since the GBASP. So first, I don't think we need a classic. But second, why isn't Nintendo capitalizing on this? Where is the electric purple Switch Lite with a GBA skin theme? Why isn't every single GBA game available on eShop? When you look at the huge volume of 16-bit games in the eShop and their popularity, isn't Nintendo squandering a huge opportunity here? Could could we could be wrong, but I think I don't think these games would need much effort to bring over, would they? 60 million switches, availability of Minish Cap, Zero Mission, F Zero, many others would sell in large numbers. Want to sell more Switch lights? A Metroid Fusion themed Switch light or a Zelda one? License to print money. So where are the GBA games? Uh, the GBA games are exactly where the Game Boy games are and the Game Boy Color games are. They're in Nintendo's archive, and God knows why we don't have them yet. That I mean, 
Russ, that's an excellent question. I don't know why we don't have these games portably right now, or at least being released in a slow trickle like NES and SNES games. Uh, because, especially even with Game Boy games, they've proven that, you know, you can port these over to other screens and they look fine. You know, I mean, the textures are, are the, they're huge. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. games like that would look the ugly. Limitations of the system. Yeah, games like that would look ugly on a big screen, but on the six-inch screen in handheld mode, it probably would still look amazing. What I would not give, because I've want, been wanting to play this so much lately, what I would not give to be able to play the Game Boy Donkey Kong on my Switch. You know, yeah. the one that came out like 1993 or something like that. 94. It and the it and the Super Game Boy released at the same time. Uh, you could you could buy that game, plug it into, and, and the that Super game did game have Boy. Super Nintendo support. It did. It did. I I love that that version of Donkey Kong. It's weird and crazy. Nintendo went all out with it. Yeah. I wish that we could get that. When I bought that on Virtual Console back in the DSi days or whatever, or early 3DS, I forget which one. I've never I had never played it before. So I thought it was just kind of a report of the arcade, and when when the uh, at the end of the rivet stage had the alternate ending, and then went into the real game, yes. I was blown away. Yep, that was, and that, I love the way they transition that. But man, there's so many good old school Game Boy games. Uh, I could see Nintendo doing something like this in September of this year. But uh, I don't know which one people are clamoring louder for, like a Game Boy Collection or Nintendo 64 and GameCube games. So yeah, my but, guess was it was going to be the Game Boy Game Boy Advance stuff in for September's uh, renewal of Nintendo Online, you know, hitch. So that was my guess for that one. And I, I think I, I really hope so. Yeah. I think that's where I, we would see a lot of that stuff, but I I do not like their slow roll of stuff. You know, like uh, like Link's Awakening got a, a a glorious remaster. It's time for Super Mario Land two, the six golden coins to get a, a remaster. Yeah, properly it colored. Is, oh yeah, it's time. <laughs> I do. I have the color version. Twenty years and all. I have the color version somewhere, like the the deluxe one that was done by people on the internet. Right. I have that somewhere. And it's, we it's gotta fantastic. Rem- we got to remember, too, that uh, as much as we want these um, special editions and all that kind of stuff, too, and it makes sense to do the special editions to uh, get more Switch sales out there, but they can't make enough right now in the first place. So that could be that's true. a hindrance to even anything they might have had in the docket to try to do. I have uh, I've actually seen more switches in stores over the last couple of weeks than I have since March. Now that doesn't mean they stay there very long, right? I mean, if if you see one and you're in the market for one, you better get it like right then. Yeah. But excellent question. What's what's the next one there, Jess? Okay, this one is can be used by Tim as a segue to for his plugging. It's uh, this is from Andrew from Nintendo Pals. It says in the, oh, in the in the last Nintendo Dad's podcast, it was mentioned you had an open invite for more dinner table guests. I would love to come in. 
I'm playing through Donkey Kong Country for the first time since I was a wee lad that couldn't get past the minecart level. Haha. <laughs> I'd definitely love to be part of the conversation on it. Let me know. Of course. Yep. I don't know if he's a Patreon, but that's where the where we'll be doing it at. You gotta be able to either be a Patreon or a Twitch uh, subscriber to be able to get into our Discord and this dinner table is going to be a little bit different than what we've done before. We've used zoom before to do, you know, have everybody come in and talk this time. We're actually using discords, uh, chit chat, uh, or, you know, their voice, um, channels to do it because I call it the buffet style. Some people have said, I think Becca dragon said potluck, but I said, nobody's bringing a dish. So <laughs> I didn't call it potluck. It's, uh, you know, Actually, you know, obviously play on words for the dinner table. So we call it a buffet where people come in, come in when they can, leave when they need to. Uh, and then we'll just see the last person who is the last person out turns off the lights, essentially. So it could go jokingly all night long. So, you know, in the chat, whoever's still there chit-chatting all the way through the night, fine. It's great. Because this, this time what I wanted to do was make it, um, especially after the last dinner table, we had a lot of fun talking during what was recorded and after what was recorded, we talked at least, I think, a couple hours longer. So just about what we talked about during the recording and then just what it evolved to throughout the conversation. So I like that. That's what I want a dinner table to be is more of a conversation. So this time it's going to be I probably won't be recording the whole thing. Uh, it's more of let's get together we have a couple of main dishes that we'll be talking about. One of them is emulation and the impact on the industry for that and the impact on uh, even for ourselves without getting in trouble, obviously, because we, we don't support stealing or doing anything illegal. Uh, but we want to talk about the importance of emulation because obviously to come out with the Super Nintendo Classic or, you know, if we wanted them to come out with a Game Boy Classic, they use emulation for that stuff. So... Um, we'll be talking about that. So that's, that's the main talk, topic. And then wherever the conversations go after that, I'll probably try to take a recording of the main topic and post that. But the rest of the conversations will be just discussions and anybody is welcome. It's going to be an open invitation. You don't have to RSVP. Uh, you just come in as long as you got access to discord and the channel. We're going to see if we can break discord. And, <laughs> and get as many people we can on there to chit chat in, uh, in, into the community and go from there. Awesome. And it's every, if it's every third Friday of every month that we have the dinner table. So good deal. And then, and, and just a reminder there to be on the dinner table, the, the kind of the, the, the caveat is you need to be a patron of the show or be, a Twitch subscriber. Tune mm -hmm. into no dads. And be be able and have a Discord account, I guess. So you have a Discord. Yeah, Discord be able to channel. get into Discord. <laughs> uh, and so if you need more information about that, you can get with Tim. You can hit him up on Twitter or hit him up in the Discord. He'll be glad to point you in the right direction for that. Yo Prime 33. You can find me anywhere there. Good deal. Good. Then one last question from uh, the the live stream chat from Mecha Dragon. Uh, any of, did any of us order the analog pocket pre-order? Huh. I didn't get there in enough time. I was there and I had it in my 
cart. I was ready to buy it, which was way before you guys said couldn't because it was early enough to do it. I was about to buy it, and then I was like, I don't have $200 to spend if I want to buy a PS5. So I decided not to. <laughs> so I backed out of it. Yeah, I, I heard. Besides, a little... I still have, I still have an SP and I still have a DS Fat and all that kind of stuff, so I didn't really need it. Yeah, my I've got multiple SPs around. In fact, I just bought uh, Gary Gray's uh, Zelda themed one recently, so I have another one that I haven't even opened yet. And uh, see, one of these is I think this one's the newer model that has the backlit screen. Is that the it's... pearl white? Pearlized white one you got? That's the same one I got. No, this is like a blue and this is a silver. Oh, okay. Kind of hard to tell. The light, the light was hitting it weird. Yeah, I got a pearlized white SP. SP was one of my favorite systems. Yeah, Um, this is this is the backlit one. It's a one on one. I I still love the the the, I, I still think the Game Boy Advance SP is the pinnacle of handheld design. And yeah, it's it's compact. It's tough. It feels good in the hands it was the first one to support wire you know to support rechargeable batteries yes it's just it's it's a funky headphone jack but you know hey oh yeah yeah i forgot about the headphone jack (laughs) i like the idea of this you know it's basically a a gba in a game boy traditional form factor but i don't understand the specs that they used it's a three and a half inch screen of a fourteen forty p display. That's overkill for games that will won't play more than a GBA. Why do that? I don't know. That's that's, that's why it, it costs. It, it could have been seven twenty p and look exactly the same, and probably be fifty dollars cheaper. I was close to buying that in the dock just because I one of the main reasons why I wanted to get it was to be able to play some of the GBA games I have and, and stream it. I thought I'd be able to do it with the dock. Yeah, yeah. And I just like I can't do it. I can't, especially because the dock is also I think isn't it like a hundred or two hundred dollars for the dock? So it's close. I, it was expensive. It was expensive. It was a lot of money, and I was like. If I want to get a PS5, I need to just, I can't do this. So I have to save that money and put it towards a PS5 later this year. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you buy, you can buy add ons to change the different, to change what games are compatible. Oh, yeah. And yes. And then the, the, the adapters. So you can play Atari Lynx. Yes. Blue Thunder. <laughs> yeah. You have to buy the, you have to buy the Game Gear adapter and the Lynx adapter and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Game Gear with the Castle of Illusion game. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, we guys. We have voicemails. We got all the voicemails. We, we did not have any voicemails. A little bit of breaking news here that may matter to a couple people. Maybe it's not breaking news. I just think it's cool. Uh, does the name Brian Lee O'Malley ring a bell to any of you guys? Is he the Scott Pilgrim guy? Yep, he is. Uh, he tweeted earlier this evening that he this was this was the tweet. P.S. Ubisoft has reached out to me. Oh no! That could, that could yeah. be bad or could be very. It could, it, be, it bad, could be good or it could be bad. Uh, what I'm hoping is is that means we're getting that Scott Pilgrim game. In some form or fashion, yeah, are we, on, uh, uh, 
are we going to have like the old game re host relisted or is it going to be a new game? Uh, don't know. Don't know. Rem- a remaster. That, that'd be awesome because I missed out I, on it. I don't want a remaster. I like the, the art style from the original one. Well, I mean, I, like uh, maybe just yeah. the, just so it's playable on the you know side yeah. screen or whatever. But yeah, I hope it's I hope it does come out for the Switch. That would be awesome. I'll take it because I, I missed out on playing that game. I think I you're on the, the PS3 and, the, the and I novels, so. didn't get far into it. So. Like, so that, that was when I realized I didn't like brawlers like I used to. It, it was a very, very solid game, and the music is incredible. It's If yes. you love chiptune stuff, so, so good. I did pre-order the board game. I don't know if we talked about that, but that was that's a, that's a $100 board game. So I still had time to bail on it if I changed my mind. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, and that's an expensive board game, but I I really want this game to come back, and I think it'd be a great, great, great fit for Switch, uh, which I hope that that happens. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, guys, that's it. That's our show. That's Nintendo Dads, episode 292. We want to thank you for hanging out with us uh tonight and listen or today if you are listening uh watching on youtube would be tonight listening would be uh when this is released on your podcast app of choice don't forget to head over to our contest site that's tinyurl.com backslash nd dash nes dash lego that's nd dash nes dash lego you can enter to win a brand new inbox lego nes kit uh, you have one week left to enter. Uh, we'll announce the winner sometime after episode 293 next week. We've got about eight days left on that contest. Uh, so you can go over and do that. And as we close out the show, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. Each of you guys has been contacted on Patreon this week. Get back with us about your dates for being part of the show toward the end of the year. This year, we're going to start in September and head through the rest of the year. One of you guys per month. So be sure to check your inbox for that. Also, you can head over to nintendodads.org for our store, for a link to our Patreon page and all of our social media stuff, videos, tweets, and podcasts. You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com. Or call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. And we want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show and remind you that if you love the show, spread the good news about Nintendo Dads with a five-star review and and some written words wherever you listen to the podcast. For me, for Jesse, for Tim, and for Amiibo, this has been Nintendo Dads, episode 292. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. We sound like the goddamn Nintendo Dads all of a sudden. Okay. Well, uh, Tim, whenever you're ready, buddy. Okay. I should sit up for this. Kind of just lean in back here. All right. Everybody ready? Posture, breathe. Posture, yes, three. Okay.
Three. <laughs> Everything two. they taught you in choir. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't take. Neither did I. Three, two, one. Welcome to Ninja. That's where we're at. <laughs> I love bumper fodder. Love it. For Welcome Stinger to Nintendo Fonder. Dads, episode 292, recorded on August 13th, Can you do that again? I talked while you started it. Episode tonight's on 2020, 13 August, on recorded 292, episode Dads, Nintendo to Welcome. How's that? Wow. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you could do that. Oh, uh, dead already. talent is reading backwards or... Word, verbal dyslexia. I don't know what what you call that. Are you, are you related to Zantana? I don't know. And Justin needs to be quiet and just sit back and watch and, and no comments in the in the peanut gallery. All right, three, two, one. <laughs>